Metamorris 5 is in the books. There were some UFC fights. There was about 25 other different fights this weekend. But we're a jiu-jitsu podcast this evening with all the Metamorris 5 coverage you can handle. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? Not bad. You know what I could go for right now, though, Kev? Some some Jamba Juice? I could go for some Joms. That's crazy. Mm. Um, maybe it's because we also have, uh, I don't even know how to introduce him, film star, mm. the third P in the Glover Florian Metamorris coverage pod. Mm. lot to put on a t-shirt, but ladies and gentlemen, Kit Dale is on the line, and he's hydrated right now because he just ordered some Jamba Juice uh, while well, we were Well, not right it. now. Oh. <laughs> but I will be. So you're going to get the joms in the middle of the interview. Somebody's going to bring it to you? Uh, yeah, I'm with Tanner Rice is actually over there waiting for me. So okay. he's, like, he's like my, my jamba <laughs> juice chauffeur. Hopefully someone is also going to give you some attitude. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a not what you order. That would be the jamba juice I know and love. But yeah, I'll wait and see how you're... And I love that Diddy had a guy who held an umbrella for him. Kit Dale has a guy who brings him his jamba juice. I mean, all is right in the world. What did Vinny have? Diddy, not Vinny. I wish he did it. Vinny might also, but he didn't discuss that in his interview. We haven't confirmed that yet, but we'll come back to that. Um, so, Kit, how did it feel to be like one of the three amigos on the commentary booth team? No, nah, it was awesome. It was like the first time I've done something like that, so it was a new experience, and it, uh, it came with its challenges. And but after a while, once the nerves set in and Halleck kind of explained to me exactly what he wanted, wanted, what he wanted from me. Oh, uh, well, hold on. More smoothly. What did he say he wanted from you? Because that I have to know. Thank you, thank you, mate. Um, basically, he was like at first, I wasn't really sure what they wanted. You know, I'm just thinking, okay, commentator role. What do they want? So I'm just trying to be a little bit more professional and kind of like doing the job that they're already doing. And then he had come up to me and like he just said, "Look, just be Keith Bell." And then I kind of realized, okay, I'm just going to be myself. And then, then it started flowing a lot better because I could relax uh, as if I was just talking to a couple of mates there. And like I said, my job is just basically to fill in the more boring parts of the, uh, of the fights, which, you know, no matter, it's very rarely there isn't boring parts in some fight, no matter who it is. Well, oh yeah, especially well, in a 20 minute submission only grappling match. Some more than others. Holy but... shit. This juice is amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to America, Kit. Yeah, yep. This is this is what we this is why we fly those flags so high. Uh, you did fantastic. You were really funny, actually. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And here's how here's the test you passed. So my girlfriend was sitting on the couch. I was watching on the laptop with uh, the UFC and a little bit of football in the background. I had you. I had you guys live, so she could hear you. And she goes, "Oh, hey, that Australian guy's funny." That's how you know. <laughs> Zero interest in grappling, but she chuckled at a few jokes, especially the intense eye contact as you talked about it as though it was like a really good strategy. And it might be. We don't know. Rory didn't mention it, but most Jedis don't mention their tricks. Uh, so that's my compliment to you. You made it mildly more watchable from a girlfriend perspective. That's winning for me, you know? Like you should put that on girlfriends. Your... <laughs> <laughs> Keep the girlfriends happy, then I've got a job. You should. Put I will. That on your I will resume. tell you this much: you've kept his girlfriend happier than Kevin has. So, congratulations. <laughs> Not a high bar, but yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna chat the first match with you. 
um, which was particularly funny as you and uh, Jeff Glover were ribbing each other about <laughs> your <laughs> Metamorous records and how long. First of all, you made it more than 30 seconds, so he kept like riding that train. Also, the movie's gone in 60 seconds. Which was a huge footnote. That? Yeah, he was like, gone in 30 seconds. It was like, that sounds almost like it. I was like, man, swing and a miss. So close. So, so close, Jeff. 30's divisible by 60. Maybe it's that's true. A lot of numbers are, Kev. <laughs> uh, talk to us about the first match. Were you excited by what you saw? We saw, I mean, it was, in my opinion, fight of the night at least as far as a uh, excitement perspective, close with Kenny and Yuri. But uh, this one had a finish. What were you expecting from Gary as we came into the fight, and were you surprised at all by by how commanding he took it? No, nah, like I, I, was, I was expecting what I saw, which was good because I was excited for it. Um, you know, my take on it was back and forth a lot. You know, Gary attacking a lot of the leg locks. Zach Maxwell going for his omoplatas. Um, and uh, I thought Zach did a really good job of defending a lot of the heel hooks. Uh, Gary was putting a fair bit of effort into a lot of those uh, until he got the the heel hook from inside 50, 50 which is fuck it. That's uh, sorry, excuse my language. That's a that's a hard uh, hard heel hook to to uh, to defend. I mean, I can't defend those. I can defend the out one, like the outside ones, really easily. But when it comes to like the inside to out, like. I would tap very quickly. So he did like an awesome job until he got stuck there. But it was good. They were both like attacking heaps. There's a lot of scrambles. Everything you want to see in a fight, basically. What was it that made uh, Zach's, I guess he was defending, but he was also throwing in some kind of cool uh, tricks of his own. But what made so much of what he was doing so effective? That's a really hard question to answer. (laughs) I would hope so. so. (laughs) Did yeah, you want us to ask you, like, could you tell us what position they were in at certain points? We could go simpler and then move up to the hard <laughs> ones. you got to give me the easy questions to start off with. Um, <laughs> I think, like, I just think, like, Zach did a really good job of, like, closing the space in a lot of those positions. Like, I think he moves a little bit different to, I mean, they're both very different, both those guys. So I think their their styles kind of played, you know, better off for the individuals like every now and then like sometimes Zach Maxwell would do a really good job of keeping the distance really tight and close and like you know he spun into a couple of those on the platters which is really nice and outside those leg locks and then like but then when Gary would like create a lot of scrambles and sit back on the feet and stuff a lot like he would start doing better um it's just hard it's a hard like guy to, to train for Gary because he's very different as well and like honestly it's that match is Gary's got a huge advantage in that match. I mean, Gary basically only does no gi. Uh, he's a submission guy. He doesn't care about the points in most of his uh, competition matches. And you've seen matches where he's lost to guys that I think is better than, but he just doesn't. He just gives up positions because of. Um, yeah, you saw it at Grappler's Quest. Yeah, I, I saw him lose a match on a, an advantage point that he was just clearly winning. It's just you know that's you're not always winning when you're winning by points. Yeah, it's a different game. Like. Um, where Zach Maxwell, he's he's a lot better at the competition stuff, and for him to step outside of his comfort zone, like in the nogi, uh, and into a, a format like that, it's always going to be a lot harder for him. So you know, Gary came in with plus a size advantage with all the 
you know, the advantages that you can ask for, plus experience in that event where he's already fought. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot riding for Gary. So I think Zach did a really good job of like, keeping composed in most of that fight, just kept defending, kept attacking, defending, attacking. But once he got stuck in that 50-50 field hook, that was, uh, that was nasty. I mean, I think all of us commentators had our eyes closed for that one. <laughs> and you know when Kenny Florian has his eyes closed because there's a beam of light that comes from his face. It's beautiful. You guys should see it if you've ever uh, Is he as pretty up close as he is on television? Um, I don't know. Okay. I didn't see what it looked like on television. Well, I, we, you said throw us some easy questions, I guess. You did. We'll just and have and to how about this question? Volleyball. Did you, like, stare at his hair? Did you ask him if you could have some? Because Are you allowed to touch it? Is that in the rider? Thing. Did they, like, send a rider that was like, Kit, you don't touch Florian? And that includes during the three-minute hairspray intermission mm. that he has four <laughs> times a night. He's, he's gifted in the hair department. I've got to give it to him. Like, uh, if I had hair to grow out, I would have grown the same kind of hair out. Um, so there's a little bit of envy there, but you know, I'm just I'm happy for him as well that he can have such good hair. Um, it's not every day, you know, you find someone that's got such an advantage in life, but you know, you got to deal with the cards that are dealt. Well, and- here's my question, and this is something that I, I found to be a, a kind of recurring theme throughout the night: the interactions between you and Jeff. So I'll start here. Yeah. How much fun did you guys have? Because I'm not sure the rest of the world could tell exactly how many giggle fits the two of you were getting into if they hit the the, my, the mute button, because the two of you seem to be in your own world at times. <laughs> man, Jeff was all just awesome. He's a good friend of mine, man. We had a lot of fun on that. A few people messaged me and asked, like, is that a lot of those for real? And like, none of them were for real. Like, you know, that was our job was to fill in the gaps and, you know, I know I've got thick skin, I can take, you know, people bagging me, he has the same thing, we don't take ourselves too seriously, so we kind of fit that uh, that position really well, like a lot of other people wouldn't be able to play that because either A, they take themselves way too seriously and demand too much respect or, you know, they can't have a laugh and take a piss out of each other, where me and Jeff, you know, me and Jeff can do that fairly easily, there's no... Not holding back to that. None of us are worried about what we say to each other. Was there a moment where the two of you had, were laughing so hard? Because we can't see you guys. We wish we could see more of you guys commentating every once in a while because apparently you can just cut to instant random uh, replays whenever, I guess, whenever something exciting is happening. We're definitely using that in the videos, by the way. Absolutely. The Morse replay interruption. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right as something's about to happen. Flash. Yeah, you, we almost missed uh, Keenan choking out Yuri because of it. And it was like, God, God damn it. Not a time. Oh, not a time yeah, for this. Yeah, Look yeah. at this. Okay. I, I, I remember those. <laughs> yes. So um, when, when that happens, I mean, you know, is there a moment where you you break like you, Jimmy Fallon break and you're, you get the giggle fits when you guys look at each other, because it, it yeah, just seemed like there was some like space in the commentary where you guys had to collect yourselves and be like, we're professionals. Get it together. Yeah, now there was plenty of times that we both like hit the mute button and just laughed or said something to each other and stuff, like things that, you know, people wouldn't, some people really wouldn't want to hear. Uh, <laughs> we should be allowed to pay for that feed. Absolutely. I should be allowed to, like, I, op- I optionally say I won't be offended or you can't record it, but we should be should able to hear sign, that. sign, like, a waiver or something. Like, you could just click something that says, I'm over 18 <laughs> and I have a sense of humor. <laughs> when we're commentating, there's a, there's a dump button. 
So we can either click a line feed button, which goes into the, the people in the van, or we can click a dump button, which just mutes everything. If you could record what was put on a dump button, <laughs> that should be fun. Well, there were a few times you guys seemed like you cracked each other up with just some of the yeah, insults. Yeah, and that, partially, that's, uh, you know, you've got two very high caliber black belts uh, just kind of up there shooting the shit. It's like, of course, they're not offended by jokes. No. They've got real people trying to choke them on a pretty serious basis. So, yeah, Kenny's like Kenny's just as cool and fun as uh, as like Jeff is as well. But he's he's you know he's got a job to be more professional and he's got a he's really got to you know control a lot of that. So like that's his job. But he's as funny as as, uh, as Jeff. He's funnier than me um, and less loose as well. But he's got a you know he's a lot more professional on camera. That's his role. So you don't hear as much of that from him, but off of camera, he's he's hilarious. <laughs> you guys were looking nice too, suited up, all three of you. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess Kit. <laughs> I guess Kit. You know, um, we'll, we're going to cover other matches with other people, but um, you know, you're, you've moved out to LA. How have you acclimated out here? That's good, man. It's like it's hard to find your feet. Like I, had, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of family back there. And, uh, you know, routine to come to a new country where barely anyone can understand you and uh, trying to sort of, like, find my feet again. It's hard. So I'm just trying to get a routine, trying to get some things sorted, visa things as well, so I can actually start making some money before I run out. Um, but, no, it's awesome. Like, I've got Tanner here. Tanner's, like, staying with me at the moment, uh, Tanner Rice. So I'm going to have some really good training with him. Uh, we just started today as well, and you know, hopefully, I can get in some some good gigs. I've got a few acting things coming up as well, but I won't mention any of those. But just see them come up. There's well, some other was, funny jujitsu guys. I was actually about to ask you. Um, you know, you, you said you came here for acting, and I think for the performance you gave in pretending to be interested in the Vinnie Magales match, I, I think you were on your way to an Oscar, my friend. <laughs> That's talent. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to agree to that. We yeah. want to keep you. Yeah, having that's off the record. No <laughs> comments required. Nice. Now that he's in official capacity, Raph, we have to be careful. We, we want yeah. to make sure he comes back to do more commentary. Um, <laughs> yeah. You I were guess... telling us a cool story off air, yes. real quick, about uh, <laughs> the uh, Sakuraba Kenny story. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Okay. So I was sitting there, and we're, we're getting all that stuff ready. And Kenny comes up to me. And he's like, Kit, Kit, I need you to do a favor for me. I'm like, yeah, what is it? And he's like, he's like, look, I've got this glove here. And he pulls out a pride glove, like a, an original pride glove from uh, the pride days, obviously. And he's like, I want you to get Sakuraba to sign it. I'm like, why don't you get him to sign it? He's like, I can't, man. I can't. I'm, I'm too nervous. I can't do it. I was like, oh, shit. I'm, like I'm not going to do it. And I was like scared as well because like Sakuraba had like five guys around him. And like, he's really like a respectful guy, but like you, you just don't want to interrupt him. He's about to fight and stuff. And so Kenny's Kenny, who's fought, <laughs> and Kenny's fought in a lot of things. He's a uh, a lot higher profile than me or Jeff, and he's too scared to go up and speak to him. So he gives it to me. So now I've got this bird, and I feel like it's like he's giving me the ring uh, that I've got to run to Mordor and throw it into the lava. <laughs> the one ring to rule them all. This is what I've got. So yeah. I'm walking there, and then I see Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, Jeff, come here, come here. He's like, what, what? And I said, I need a favor from you. He's like, what? And I said, I've got this glove, <laughs> and I need you to ask Sakuraba to sign it. 
And he's like, how much time did uh, Shaka Rabbit assign it? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so he's like, look, I'll go with you. I said, right, let's both go together. So we're both going over there, both nervous. And we, we go in this little ring area and, and everyone's really quiet staring at us. I'm like, oh, uh, we just want to can Shaka Rabbit sign this. And like, he was really cool about it and stuff and signed it. But like, and then like me and Kenny, like... And, he went ahead and signed it, no problem. Yeah, and then me and... Me and Jeff ran out and just looked at each other in excitement, jumping, high five each other, we're running around dancing, and like two little fanboys. And then there's a Metamorphs crew up ahead, all staring at us. We didn't know, so we saw them looking at us like, "What the hell is going on with this?" So we just like cooled down again, kept walking, like nothing happened. <laughs> that would have been an awesome shot too. Like all of a sudden, it's like Kit Dale and Jeff Glover preparing for Metamorphs, and it's like the two of you yeah. dancing we around, grabbing the jumping. glove. Heel clap sort of thing as well, like chest punches, everything involved. Fist punches, no, what is it? Air punches. Yeah. Yeah. Fist fist to fist air punches, it all counts. Uh, Any other craziness? Like, was there some sort of, uh, especially in this type of venue, was there like a whole group of ladies waiting outside to mob you afterwards? And they were like, Kit, oh my God, the suit, the voice. A lot of that. It was hard. I had a few security guards sitting around the booth trying to keep them away from me as well. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it wasn't too bad. There was only a couple hundred of them this time, which is better than usual. Well, it'll get, as soon as you establish yourself here in LA, I expect that number to go up. I don't you know. That's my goal. My goal is to, to pump that right up. It's almost self. I mean, Kit, I wanted to ask you this personally because um, you did face Gary, so you know firsthand how much, uh, how crazy he is attack-wise and whatnot. Did you experience any PTSD when that was happening? Did you have any, like, moment where you're just like, oh, God, Zach, it's not gonna, it's not going well? <laughs> Did you say post-traumatic stress disorder like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he used the acronym because yeah. it sounds less crazy, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I okay, agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a couple times where like I, I fell back and Jeff had to grab me and stuff and just snap me back out of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> nah, nah, that's that cool. Like, uh, like I said, Jiu-Jitsu is my hobby. I enjoy the art of it. I don't take it too seriously. I win, I lose. Uh, I'm happy for everyone to win, regardless of whether they beat me before. And Je- um, Gary's a good friend of mine, anyway, man. So I'm just happy, happy for him, and I'm just happy to see a good fight, mainly for the for the people who posted it, man. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: um, you know what you and I have in, in common now, and I guess Zach as well. Uh, Gary has beaten all of us now. Uh, I happen to be at a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I happen to be oh, at God. an open mat. Uh, on Sunday, and I'm rolling with somebody, and mid-roll, I see Gary Tonin out of the corner of my eye. Now, fans mm-hmm. of the podcast, and if you're new to us, uh, I'll let you guys know, we do certain recreations of uh, Metamorphs matches as one of our signature pieces. I happen to play Gary Tonin in the recreation of the Kitdale gary Tonin match. Artfully, by the way. Thank you. I, I God, I don't want to embarrass the real actor on the, the call here, but geez. Uh, I so I'm playing Gary, and Gary walks up to me and goes, is that Gary Tonin to me? And I go, uh-oh. All right. My comeuppance is happening. Stay calm. Just what relax. Say? <laughs> well, Watch he comes feet. to me, and he just goes, hey, Raph, um, save one for me. We're rolling next. And I was like, absolutely, Gary. And... <laughs> 
he proceeds to come at me the exact same like head first nonsensical way that we did in the video where it's like kit's texting uh comedically and uh gary just comes head first and is like bull rushing his way into kit uh in the video and that's all he's doing against me at first and it's terrifying because it's gary tonin uh but i proceed to have one of the the most surreal ridiculous experiences i've ever had rolling uh but I, I will tell you this. This guy is literally giving you every position that you're like, oh, I wanted to go here. Ah, shit. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Life's about to end <laughs> real quick, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's figure this out. Uh, but Gary, I mean, the best part is, and I, 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 I say this as a true compliment to him, yeah, rolling with him is like you're learning so many different things. So it was one of the most educational roles, aside from being one of the most hilarious roles. But uh, the one thing he told me, Kit, and I, I didn't appreciate this, and I want to get your your feelings on this because you've seen my beard up close. Yep. He was telling me he would give me a T-shirt if I shaved my beard like his, like in his little fuzzy goatee, faux Hulk Hogan thing that he has. So I ask you, Kit, should I do that? I would do it. If Gary asked me to do it, I'd do it too. You know? mm. And it looks ridiculous, so I think it would suit you. <laughs> well you do have me there i just told him like do you know how like this is an infamous thing like this is trademarked i get money off of this beard so <laughs> no thank you i just like I that you found a way to put yourself <laughs> i like that you found a way to put yourself in the same sentence as zach maxwell and kit dale jujitsu wise you were like we've all got this in common we lost to gary tonin it's like two of them in <laughs> well, front of thousands of people clearly. on a stage with like a valiant effort, one of them at an open mat after about probably like four seconds of rolling, but not. I will the, say this, Kevin. Just throwing uh, out ideas. Tapping out Kit Dale or Zach Maxwell is an achievement. I'm more of a like party <laughs> going gift. Like, yeah, you oh, get okay. it for participation. Yeah. Like, everybody yeah. did. Everybody tap out, Raph. Go ahead and do it oh, cool. before you leave the party. Totally cool. <laughs> Perfect. But now anyway, at least we know I where we are. We could uh, we could share that kit, but uh, tell us what what's coming up for you. What, what can we plug? What can we talk about? Uh, what can we tell the good people of Los Angeles is going on with you? The movie trailer well, looked badass. Oh uh, yeah, that, well hopefully that'll get made. Uh, my brother, we need to raise a, a couple more thousand dollars before we can make that. Okay. That's gonna be really cool. Uh, and if you want to do that, you go to Dale Bros uh, TV. Or Dale Bros on Facebook, and there's a link, uh, and there's a Kickstarter as well there where people can donate money. Um, at the moment, I'm in uh, I'm in LA, and I can't work because I'm waiting on my visa to get done. Uh, so it's hard for me. I'm available to do to do work and stuff like that, but uh, due to law and not being able to make money here, that has to be through donations. So I can kind of do free work for donations that are on my website at kitdalebjj.com. Also, I have a free seminar coming up, as well as Tanner Rice, as well as Manny Diaz, and who's the other two? Eduardo and Norja. That will be at... Where is that? It's on Sunday. Okay. November 29th. Okay. And the address is... One three eight eight Condon Avenue. 
And if you want to see that, go to my Facebook and I'll, I'll post a, uh, a picture of that shortly. That's a free seminar uh, with some really cool people as well. Uh, really good to be your day, guys. So that's coming up. Plus, I'll be competing in the UK in the month of January and doing a big seminar tour around there. So I'll be competing at the Polaris against uh, Victor Silveira, who's a really cool dude, really good grappler. Uh, and also I'll be competing in the Europeans. So that'll be my, my next two competitions coming up. So I've got to get back in the training now for that. That's sick, dude. Can't wait to see. I'm just missing the... I get to LA this Monday. I'm just missing the seminar. Oh, that sucks, man. That sucks. Crushing. Well, Kit, we appreciate you stopping by the podcast. We know you're uh, crazy busy. I know. I was, like, transitioning out. I'm nailing it. Well, Kit, I guess it's fine. Oh, shut up with your, you know what me, Zachwell, and you have in common. They should call him Zachwell, by the way. Much easier to just, like, spit out. (laughs) Zachwell is the black soul singer name he goes by when he's singing sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Doing competitive flute. Absolutely. Uh, Well, then, screw that, Kevin. Maybe I'll go to the seminar. Go fuck yourself. Well, thank you, Kit, for stopping by. You enjoy (laughs) L.A. and Jamba Juice. And, you know, be careful of the uh, people on bicycles with short white button-up shirts and ties. That's my advice. I'll be looking forward to my door with that. My clientele. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, boys. Thank you very much for having me. Verbal Tap fans, we continue the Metamorous train rolling round the bend. We have Ruben Avila on the line, BJJ blogger. You're at BJJ Grappling. You wrote a really insightful article about competition jitters. It was like a, one of those – I actually know exactly what we were talking about. Raf was preparing me this and said the Jiu-Jitsu Mag article. I had read it when I was trying to compete to just look up some things and learn how to you know maintain the crazy. Ruben, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. You are here to help us break down Vinny Magalhaes, the search for the next jiu-jitsu star slash submission <laughs> grappling competition. Uh, there are a lot of reality shows coming right head into each other with this. Mm. Uh, were you upset when you found out Kevin Casey – Kevin K.O. Casey was going to get replaced with just some random fighter. Uh, no, I wasn't really upset. It's, uh, Neither was I. <laughs> so I yeah. find that interesting. <laughs> Maybe for two different reasons here. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't expect it to be very uh, competitive with Vinny against uh, Kevin Casey, not to take any no. and But uh, Vinny is, is just, you know, he's... Uh, Top of the food chain, I guess, as Joe Rogan would say, he's he's an absolute. You know, he's a beast in his own right, but it's not at the same level. So, uh, you know, when that happened, I was I was kind of actually excited to see who they would throw up against Vinny and and uh, didn't quite up hand the way I could, I guess. Uh, but I I was not upset that Kevin Casey uh, got hurt. Not not in the sense of I felt like the the show is gonna suffer. Um, it's definitely I, I definitely did a root for him to get hurt. <laughs> but <laughs> let's be yeah. real. Obviously, now that you've said that, you put it all in our heads. We really think you got some voodoo doll of Kevin K O Casey somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I do have a follow-up question though, Ruben. Yeah. So how crushing was it when the application you submitted came back were not interested in you, Ruben, as a replacement? You know, I'm I'm working through that with my therapist right now. Actually, it's a sore subject. I'm quite not ready <laughs> just yet. Can I just say on behalf of Verbal Tap, you have our support. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I know I could always count on you guys. <laughs> was it kind of – did it make the landscape of BJJ a little weird to have all of these people volunteering to take on Vinny? Like I saw people across the belt spectrum despite the fact that it said you need to be a black belt. Yeah, I I really that was weird, honestly, because I I mean you could be a you could be a blue belt. Let's say you're a, a world champion blue belt. I mean, what, whatever that may be, that how can you even begin to think that you could honestly put up a good fight against Benny? I mean, what does that say about yourself? I know some people really believe in themselves, and that that's important to have, especially if you want to make it in the sport. But to put yourself to put your name, uh, throw your name in the hat against uh to go against one of uh you know ADC's ADCC's best grapplers ever and to put on a live show in front of a lot of people it's, it's saying quite a lot especially if you're not you know at least a black belt but how many people do you think actively asked themselves when they saw that post go up go can I beat Vinny you know what <laughs> I you know I'm starting to think about it. If I if I caught him from the side, I you know I might have a chance here. <laughs> and you know, I I could definitely picture a lot of uh, YouTube uh, jujitsu guys, and maybe some guys uh, subscribe to the the Worm Guard uh, jujitsu philosophy. <laughs> that they might have something for Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to see them try. Now, let me ask you the the really obvious question, and maybe you're going to have more insight because um, I've seen Mateo's fight, but I also, you know, I kind of, I did know who he was. Were you shocked they didn't go with some other black belts that had been mentioned? For example, James Popolo was on the list of people that certainly applied. Um, were you surprised they didn't go with a black belt? And were you surprised they didn't go with a seasoned black belt, given who they were competing against? I, I was surprised, actually. That was uh, a big surprise. Actually, before this, I had not uh, heard of Mateo's name. Um, not to take anything away from him, but I just I hadn't heard of the name before. So I, I was surprised, and then I found out he was a brown belt, um, which is kind of a surprise. Then again, you know, a lot of uh, high-level brown belts are go right into the black belt uh, being very competitive, you know, such as the Meows. They won one year, winning winning world, and then the next year they won it at black belt. So it's it's not necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be competitive. But being that I hadn't heard of the name before, uh, it was a little surprising. And um, just like you said, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. But that that James, he's a uh, a Hibiero, uh, so, Yeah, there you go. He's very good. I've actually seen him grapple quite a bit, and so I was surprised that he did not make it onto the show. Well, the other thing I guess that came into effect was that none of the voting criteria really mattered because <laughs> apparently, you know, Matthias didn't have the majority vote. He also was not a black belt. So just by the <laughs> own rules that Metamorris set, I've, you know, I've seen people vote in America for political elections and not bad an eye if their candidate doesn't win. 
I saw BJJ people go like, I Facebook like that. There was a sanctity in my vote. How dare you just disregard it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I guess men and can do whatever they want, but it is kind of funny that they set the parameters. Prove that. Say, yeah. Uh, let's throw those out the window. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On to the fight. Yes. Uh love Vinny Magales, but wasn't a very exciting fight, and it felt like he kind of did his best to make it a little exciting at points. Did he? Did what happened in this fight? Did any? Yeah. Was there anything that you saw that you were like, "Oh yeah, that's something I'm going to incorporate into my game." Um. Uh, well, the first 10 and a half minutes was, uh, nothing but pummeling and, uh, fighting for, for the, uh, snapping position on, on top. And Mateo was pretty aggressive. He was taking the fight to Vinny in, in that, in that part of the fight. And Vinny was just kind of content defending and kind of almost, yeah. playing, but he didn't do anything at all, really, which was kind of, uh, kind of uh, disappointing for me. Um, but then he finally pulled guard uh, 10 and a half minutes in and started working it. But then the dynamic of the fight completely changed, whereas Vinny was attacking, and then Mateos was just kind of content defending and, and countering here and there. He had one chance to pass the guard, um, and he really should have hit a long step to try and expose Vinny's, Vinny's back. Uh, but, you know, in the heat of battle, it's, it's kind of it's easy to be a, a couch uh, jujitsu guy and say, "Hey, you should have done this technique." Stop saying that because then we don't have a podcast if that's not the case. Um, let's let's discuss this though, uh, Ruben. If you're watching this, and I, I do appreciate that you are giving Matthias some uh, credit for pushing forward, uh, and you're saying that he was being aggressive. This may be where I feel we differ. Uh, and this is where you see that Glover and Kit Dale and even Kenny Florian were getting really bouty on the mic. They were actually very honest in their critique <laughs> of saying how tepid this action is. So I guess my question to you is, is it really a lot – like what's the incentive for Vinny? Do you feel that his whole thing was if I don't get submitted, I win and meh? Well – I, I want to make it clear. I, I do think Mateos was taking it to him when they were standing. He was the only one that was trying to to achieve a takedown. But when I went to the ground, he definitely brought that back, and he was just trying to not get submitted. Um, as far as the the, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It, for Vinny, it was it wasn't a win win situation. If he taps him, big deal. You're Vinny Magahesh. You know, you should have submitted him. He's a brown belt. That's the general per- perception. But I mean, 10K. I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of a kind of incentive uh, for me, at least. It would be. I could definitely spend that 10K a lot of different ways. Um, but it it and it just didn't pan out. And the commentators, it, it got some point where it was just more entertaining to listen to Kid Dale uh, <laughs> drop jokes than and watch these guys. <laughs> I don't know if Kevin felt the same way, but I definitely had a moment, and and thank God they were on commentary for that match. Uh, but I definitely had a moment where I said, you know, screw $10,000 to submit Vinny. Let's do 2K to see if they can break his guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I want to see Keenan and Vinny again, man. That was that was a fun fight. That or at least have the decency to hang the $10,000 above the mat like 
a respectful organization. <laughs> like, put it in a briefcase, Absolutely. handcuff it to a chain. Uh, Come on. How about the amateur hour? A ladder match. We should have a ladder in the middle. <laughs> sure. Right? You know, I want to take this moment as a personal win for the moment that Kevin conceptualized a WWE match and call it a win because uh, now he's starting to, to get the entertaining aspects of this. Um, let me ask this, and Kev, you can answer this as well, but yeah. were either of you guys, when you're watching this match, do you feel this is indicative of a problem that Metamorphs has, which is how do we get more entertaining matches? It doesn't seem like there's an incentive to make things super interesting for both Vinny, if the guy just needs to submit him and win, but it's not the only match that has that. Other matches seem to have this kind of, uh-oh, could be boring for 20 minutes kind of a feel. How do we fix that? Uh, can I just say, to start off with, I say we combine the purse each fighter gets. If you lose, you get 2%. If you win, you get 98%. <laughs> Tell me you're not going to see a little bit more, a little bit less guard keeping. Under that premise, people are going to get bowdy to use your <laughs> previous. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. My technical jargon. Uh, Ruben, your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I think uh, I think there should be maybe uh, some type of incentive to press the fight early on. A lot of these fights, you see them kind of failing each other out for a really long time, and then maybe the last two minutes, you, you start to see uh, they start to get desperate. So maybe if they had some type of incentive where they get paid more to fight and earlier, um, maybe the incentive should be if, if if there's a draw, you don't get any money at all, you know, which means you'd rather lose and get paid a little bit than, than uh, you know, draw and not get paid anything. But uh, I think something needs to be done because, I mean, there's the, the, a lot of these people just seem to be fighting not to lose. Example is the, the Jake Shields and um, Satoshi fight. I don't know we're, we're not talking about that, but Ugh, anyway, I like that you're like I know we're not talking about it, but I just got some beef I need to address with Jake Shields <laughs> and Hitachi. <laughs> just locking that beef in. But yeah, I, I think I saw BJJ Scout put up a tweet saying uh, that you know maybe the at the end of. Uh, 10 minutes they could put up each other's purses against each other uh, as a double or nothing and you know there, there are a lot of different ways but as long as Metaboris tries to explore something and they seem to be somewhat responsive to to the audience so I, I, I do feel confident that they'll try something for the next one but I don't know. I will say this I think this is a, a very complicated thing to try and get exactly right because BJJ people don't make a lot of money so taking away all of their money is is a tough thing to negotiate but I still think there can be incentive bonuses that are, are well worthwhile and maybe there are backstage but it doesn't seem like it from those moments when you see a closed guard decide like somebody in it and going uh, nah I don't need to pass right. and I think yeah. for the very end Matthias for him he was kind of like yeah, Vinny's coming after me. So the game is not to win; it's to not get submitted for him. That was yeah, my and that was a that was a cloud. You know what? I wanted to see uh, Mattel's playing some guard. I wanted to see some Marcelo X guard and one leg X, and you know, I wanted to see I wanted to see uh, that side of him come out, which I'm sure he has. You know, he's yeah. Marcelo. He has to have an amazing guard. 
And uh, I would have liked to have seen that and see how Vinny dealt with that. So going on in the future, do you feel like you have resolution to the Mateos Magalhães feud or are we wanting to see a rematch here? Um, I would not want to see a rematch. I would rather see... <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather see Henzo and Sakuraba do that again for 50 minutes. Sounds like all of our answer, all of our questions were answered mm-hmm. about the old Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I would see it at an open mat somewhere. If, you know, they happen to decide it. I, I totally be on that. <laughs> I, hey, happy to train with either guy. Sounds like a blast. Um, I also think if you're gonna do it that way, you should just do it the night of to add a little bit more suspense. Because by Raf's, it did say, "Are you a BJJ black belt?" in the online resume they posted. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think people didn't even have to submit a recent photo if this is true. <laughs> yep, maybe no photos and four. But I think, you know, and this is something I propose, and I'm still absolutely certain I'm right. You have a section of black belts, you rope it off, and you just call one of them. So they all wait. Absolutely. And hopefully just even have them in the geese, too, waiting in a section. Oh, God. What was that 90s? Singled out. It's a little bit like it's black belt out. Black belted out. Let's oh find Vinny Magalhães a perfect match. You know, I, I think that would be that would definitely be entertaining. You be Jenny McCarthy, Raf, okay. and I'll be the guy that works the soundboard. Okay, sweet. So Ruben, Ruben can be our friendly cousin in the first row. Chris this Hardwick is be in this situation. Oh, we need a host. Chris Hardwick. Let's oh, just okay, keep we'll it. get him. He'll Let's host anything. Perfect. Yeah. He <laughs> said. <laughs> well, this is taking a sharp right. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Give us some final thoughts. Did you enjoy the Metamorphs event? What were your overall intake? Because obviously all of us were a little underwhelmed by this uh, Vinny versus the world. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I did enjoy the, the, the event. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because I'm kind of a jujitsu geek or, you know, I just like watching it. Um, I do think it's it definitely has its uh, quirks and needs to work out, but any any competitive event is going to have its things. And, and, you know, athletes are going to find a way to manipulate rule sets whichever way they need in order to accomplish or not accomplish something. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's a stylistic thing. I think they need to be very um, strategic about their matchups because you can have, uh, you know, like a Mateos and a Vinny, who I'm sure both uh, would destroy a million people on, on the planet, but they match up in a way that they just kind of nullify each other in the no-gi setting. So uh, I think they need to have people that are really aggressive. You know, Crone seems to be a really good uh, athlete for this type of event. Uh, Keenan seems to be a very good athlete for, these, for this event. Um, and they just they just need to... Just be very, very picky about their, their matches, I think. Not necessarily let everyone vote for the most popular person as much as mm-hmm. as it's uh, putting together fights that are going to produce, you know, nice submissions. I'll say this. I think Styles makes fights, and I think that when you have something this complicated and you only get six matches, you just got to make them count. Yeah. It, it, with the utmost care 
And you can tell it's not so much when they don't count or that they didn't think that it would count or they didn't feel like it wouldn't. But it's more so it's those – if you have a completely different style that you want to see and you want to see how they match up, uh, the more attention you put to that, the greater the match. And I think that's kind of why people enjoyed Zach Maxwell and Gary because Gary Tonin is is crazy and those two styles are completely different but you respect each one of them and you want to see that. So I don't know. That That's kind of the, the approach I really think – was there because I don't know that styles matching between Gary and Kevin Casey necessarily was something I was clamoring to see. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's see uh, Tone in against Crone, man. Why don't we make that happen again? Great match. We're, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. I think uh, Gary, Gary's up for anything and he, you know, he wants it, but. I don't know. Yeah, I was like Gary. Gary will fight him either this year or in two to five years in MMA. Man, yeah. when they they saw each other at, at ADCC, that was a fantastic fight, you know. And it it came down right to the wire uh, for the for the uh, yeah for Crump to whip out that win. And I would love to see that again. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ruben, this has been fantastic. If you're trying to find it at BJJ Grappling on Twitter, um, especially if you would like to dispute and yell at him and say that Vinny match was exhilarating, you're wrong. But if you would like to, you're welcome to do it. That's your Twitter, right? Uh, Ruben, we appreciate you being on the podcast tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if anyone wants to come uh, yell at me, please do. Verbal Tap fans, we're continuing the Meta Morris blimp of coverage. Like that ref? We'll change mm-hmm. up to blimp. Yeah, I don't really like Ref's like, no, I don't. So mm-hmm. let's keep... <laughs> well, glad I called attention to it and forced his opinion. We have Travis from Nuaza Apparel. And if you haven't heard of Nuaza, first of all, welcome to Jiu-Jitsu. Second, you should check it out because he does amazing gear. Um, and very friendly to the Jiu-Jitsu fighters. Um, if you go to any big jiu-jitsu convention, you will find him throwing shirts at you and probably rolling at several different iterations during. Travis, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I My neck is not sore, and I am totally ready for uh, ADCT trials. Uh, despite what everyone's been hearing about me being sore, uh, that is a lie. I'm in great shape. Perfect. <laughs> are you competing? You're doing ADCC trials? Yeah, I'm doing ADCC trials coming up here in, uh, I think it's called Richmond, West Virginia. It might mm-hmm. be called something else, something very proper. And it is Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah, that's from something. Yeah, that's from please don't. Better. Yeah, yeah. Please don't confuse it with Charlestown. Which is about four hours to the west. This is not to the east, excuse me, and that happens a lot. So just be careful. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chances. Perfect. <laughs> well, Charlestown has casinos. I'm gonna come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> Random guy beats up 24 patrons of the Charlestown Indian Casino. That'll be perfect. I mean, uh, if Travis, they have you... secret matches. I mean, I could have like a uh, a secret tournament. Absolutely, you, know? you could sponsor that. Speaking of secret matches, the doors with that. So, uh, Charlestown, uh, the Pennsylvania, be ready. <laughs> Look out, Pennsylvania, uh, Nuwaza's en route. So, 
You were at Metamorris. I know that because I saw a video of you working on a wrist lock after or getting wrist locked. Oh, yeah. I was uh, uh, working on how uh, how much wrist lock pain I can uh, I can take, uh, trying to you know, build up my tolerance. And it is uh, it's pretty good with the forward wrist lock, but the backward one, not so much. I still can't really... Uh, I can't really text with my left hand anymore. But Fredson Pichal, uh you uh, you are a mean and dangerous man, and I hope to always be on your good graces. <laughs> it was a pretty quick one. Um, you were at Metamoris. Tell us about the secret match unveiling. Jake Shields competes against Huberto Satoshi, or just Satoshi. Uh, a surprise match. Shields is obviously great, and we're going to talk about when they booked Shields, because he accidentally let it sleep, slip that it was about a week and a half prior to the match, which is kind of funny. Mm. What was it like yeah. in-house, the reveal? Ooh, I mean, uh, I was really excited to see Ash catch him doing something. I mean, I haven't heard about him doing anything since the Pokemon movie that came out last summer. So that was really cool. <laughs> I'm glad he's getting some work. And uh, it's, yeah, uh, the Strike Force champion Jake Shields. I mean, that was that was kind of exciting. I thought that Metamorphs really kind of showed uh, showed uh, what big homies they are by just throwing Jake Shields in there. They have that kind of money just to to, to have him at an event without having to advertise. That I mean, pretty cool, pretty bold bold move. I liked it. Now, when you heard it was Jake Shields, level let's say one to ten on excitement. Uh, where did you fall? Ten being the highest. Uh, on a answer, ooh, I was probably a. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, that's a scale as well. All right, good. That's, that's a slightly different scale. Yes, it works. I was an eight. I know you didn't ask me. Ooh. I'm just saying. That's okay. I was an eight. Shields. No, Shields goes way been, back. Jake Shields has been doing submission grappling tournaments. Forever, he's flying under that American Jiu-Jitsu, which you eat parents so much about, which is not to be confused with the one where they take uh, kicks to the testicles. That's a different American Jiu-Jitsu, but uh, they're they're cool too. But uh, yeah, Jake Schultz is out there, you know, uh, working with Kyle Kyle Terra and Gilbert Melendez and all those guys. So he's a uh, he's pretty tough, you know, regular training partner of uh, of uh, those Rowdy Diaz brothers. So you know, he's a uh, He's a good guy, good grappler. New, not new to the scene, a good veteran to throw in there. I like how Metamorphs throws the American grapplers in there. That's cool. He was 100% born and railed in the USA, so that's fact. Yeah. He, here. he actually came out, like a lot of people don't talk, uh, but he actually came out to that song, Born in the USA, which mm. uh, I'm kind of surprised no one talks about. Mm. I think they couldn't tell what they were drumming exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to really understand uh, what the percussion is doing, but I guess they have signature songs. Uh, thank you for, for breaking that news to us. Well, um, it'd be pretty easy to see because they all uh, changed their kitchen aprons to uh, the different kitchen aprons, um, which uh, were all American flags and spelled out the box. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys caught that. But. Wait, you know, they did show that on the live feed. That's so strange. No. I guess it's one of those things you have to pay for to see. If they're wearing aprons, are they also doing food service? That was just a question I had. You know, um, I was a little intoxicated, but um, I could I could be wrong, but uh, I believe they were during intermission. At least Sick. they were ushering people to their seats. <laughs> 
So let me ask you this. Once you figure out who's in the, the match, and uh, it does seem like a cool exhibition for jiu-jitsu meets MMA, which is kind of a, a sub-theme throughout these Metamorous matches, uh, what were your expectations just before the match started when you saw who it was? Um, you know, I uh, I knew that, you know, Jake knows Fouch, you know what I mean? And uh, he definitely knows how to deal with uh, a lot of these uh, – a lot of these uh, sports jujitsu guys, and he, uh, you know, he does well with his. Uh, he doesn't put himself in a lot of danger, especially as far as like uh, uh, MMA grappling. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's nothing really like uh, fancy about Jake's grappling, but it is like he uh, he has really good transitions, and he's always really looking for the stuff. So I was uh, I was pretty excited, but I saw Satoshi, and I knew uh, you know he is a Mendez brother's black belt. And uh, I, I knew that the Mendez brothers were going to have some insight. You know, there's that famous video floating around of uh, Hoffa rolling with Jake. So uh, I'm sure they had some insight to, to what the game plan would be. So when you're watching it, you know, how much does the hair play a role uh, for Herberto in this match? Do you feel it's playing more offense or is it good defense? Because it was a question I had once they got to the ground. Well, uh, I saw that it kind of got in the way with uh, all those head snaps and headlocks that Jake was working. Uh, you know, Jake kept, uh, you know, throwing uh, those guillotine attempts on him, and I think it kind of hindered him escaping. You know what I mean? You don't want a big thing sticking off your head. But, you know, uh, uh, it, it could have been from where I was sitting. I was uh, I was also, uh, you know, looking at uh, Ed O'Neill's head mesmerized. So... <laughs> I didn't see Ed O'Neill. Was he there? They didn't even reference yeah. him being there. Yeah, he he was there. Um, Wearing uh, a Roberto he, Satoshi shirt? Uh, well, it actually said uh, no shields on it, and it had a... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was it was pretty good to see. Uh, you know, I kept seeing him. Uh, uh, he was either tweeting or he had his hands in his trousers. I don't remember which, but uh, it looked like he was enjoying the match. Yeah, that's uh, me to a T. So during the match, we see Shields doing some really good passing. Uh, Satoshi's obviously one of the quickest people to ever do jiu-jitsu, and he made some comments that he's obviously more of a gi guy. Uh, Kit Dale was doing quite a, quite a good job puffing him up and, and giving him some credence, and, and we saw that. Otherwise, yeah, no one really in danger. Ah. Uh... No, the guillotine attempts that Jake had, uh, Satoshi wasn't wasn't playing into that. And uh, but it, it was interesting. I mean, Satoshi, you know, like uh, he went for a double leg of his own, and then tried to do uh, some uh, some pretty good passing. But you know, Jake working, uh, Jake worked a really cool uh, butterfly uh, guard pull right to like a underhook, like uh, like bridge pass. So it was. It was pretty cool. Like, uh, definitely, they both had some surprises for each other, just as far as like the wrestling went. I guess the certainly in I had, the looks department. Yeah, definitely. I guess the question I had is, you know, Travis, if, if you're analyzing both of their games, what do you think the other could have done uh, to maybe be a little bit more impactful? Um, maybe if uh, uh, a lot of people could say that, you know, Jake. Uh, Jake wanted to wear the gi pants, you know, because it would give him more uh, traction in lockdown. 
But you also saw when Satoshi grabbed him, and, you know, they had that big controversy about grabbing the pants that, you know, it would have would have gotten away. But it could, you know, been a saving great. That's, no, that's a different match. Um, I think the difference <laughs> that could have happened uh, maybe, uh, maybe if uh, – I think I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I'd like to see Jake as he passes from half guard go for uh, a lot more uh, darts. You know, I saw Satoshi uh, not really opening up too much in his guard. You know, but I think after the exchanges, they they were going back and forth. I could see why it was a uh, it was yeah. I wouldn't say it was dangerous. Just like I think they both knew they really couldn't give up. You know, an inch. You know, one, once they were filling each other out, like in the first like thirteen minutes. They mm-hmm. kind of realized, you know, they couldn't they couldn't be doing any of that stuff. Uh, they weren't yeah. keeping it playful. <laughs> no, they weren't keeping it playful, and they were they were keeping it real. However, let's just yeah, oh. real tired. They, they, <laughs> they got really, really, uh, really uh, tired. But that's the thing about Jake; he's like a diesel. I mean, it was really cool to see him turn to. I didn't know how red Jake could get, but that was kind of cool to see. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it was a, it was a it was a good match. Like I liked the Jake's uh, double underpasses and just like his control from there was was pretty cool. And uh, Satoshi though, you know, he tried to he tried to get that mount. Uh, it, it, it was exciting. I, I really like to see like how they both implemented a lot of wrestling. You know, Satoshi is really quick to to pull guard. Yeah, and even from what he was trying to do, I think he was trying for what was it like a ninja choke from guard. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to really see that part again. Like I said, I was looking at Ed O'Neill and I just couldn't I couldn't stop. I mean, like uh, I really thought he was a uh, he was a uh, tweeting about me real quick, but uh, he he wasn't. Yeah, I gotta you, say, you did know, you throw him a shirt? Is it the... Did I give him a shirt? Yeah, just something that says like "Married with Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, I, I I did. I'm glad you brought that up. Which I will <laughs> have a picture of in a couple of weeks, I guess. Now, that totally happened though. I think there's a reason why one of the people on this podcast makes T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's the the way it goes. Travis, I do want to ask you this. So you saw this. It seems like you were excited by the match. Do you think there were any takeaways? Because the biggest thing about this is last time they decided let's double down on doing another secret match. So I get the impression they're probably going to do another one. That's kind of their thing. If they do that, uh, what do you think are the takeaways that we can learn for the next secret match? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that they're trying to set up Chris Howder and uh, Scotty Nelson to see uh, <laughs> who will be the uh, superior referee. Uh, it seems to be that, uh, you know, popularity-wise goes, you know, uh, it's going to go with... Uh, Scotty, and Absolutely. I don't know if that's because of his honest smile or the fact that Chris Howder kind of looked like Clint Eastwood a little bit when he was watching some of these matches. Mm. Mm. Yes, very much so. I don't know, though. I, I got to say, Kev, I don't know what your opinion is on this. I think Scotty takes it. That's just me. I think I ride or die with Scotty in this particular sense, especially since I really don't know the other guy. Um, but, you know, I'm going OTM. Uh, Kev, he's talking about the referee. You don't know the other referee? Not really. That personally, we've never met. You need to fix that. I well, I agree, but until such time as we can have a face to face or a nice date, I'm going with Scotty. Mm. 
feel great about that choice. <laughs> Plus, significantly better chance of me getting a lucky gee if I'm cornering Scotty and backing him. I think that ups my chances. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you which would I will lucky. obviously get a Nuwaza patch for. I'm just, ooh, yeah. Well, Kev, I got to tell you, don't sleep on Nawaza Gee's. I saw a very sweet Nawaza Gee that Travis was sporting this weekend. I saw this photo, too. I'm a little curious about, uh, as a gear junkie, definitely ready for some Nawaza Gee's. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're actually making, uh, I teamed up with your old uh, boss, and uh, we're coming out with uh the denim gee. I said it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to oh, get the board Christmas. No. But uh, the Jay Leno kimono, you already know, though, is coming out. You already know, though. You know Someone's Travis, trying to break into the Canadian market. I was hard. about to say, I was like, Travis, I'm like, you know, I haven't seen Jay in a long time, but I'm well, pretty at, sure. At first, we were going to do a, uh, we were going to do the the Conan O'Brien gi. Mm-hmm. And uh, we came to Jay Leno, we were like, hey, we're going to do the Conan O'Brien gi. But... As we started on Jay Leno, Canada said, "Never mind, just keep going on mine." <laughs> you know, this joke is funny because it happened to me in a career, but you know, <laughs> no big deal. People didn't lose jobs or anything. Ah, everybody ended up fine. Uh, Travis, so I know we're, we're kind of kidding around, but what do you guys have next coming up for Nawaza Gear? Because I saw some sweaters that I want to say look very very distinctive like they were created by Nuwaza what kind of sweaters are those maybe Christmassy um oh no we're not doing the oh shit I can't say this joke all I wanted to say if I can't say it this has been a verbal tap edit Travis we always appreciate you stopping by uh, verbal tap podcast you've always been a friend great pillar of the jujitsu gear community that's right i'm bumping you up to pillar maybe premature but fuck it it's our air we're young please uh, check out nuaza apparel you know what's that uh, heartache to heartache we stand oh my god uh, absolutely no no don't let him finish fucking pat benatar not on our dime what shut up come on What's Unless he's fucking bennies? shimming and doing some fucking snaps. He might be. You don't know. He's, he's not. Doing. I can hear it. <sighs> okay. I would, well, I have a one-man show where I dress up as the pimp from uh, that uh, music video. And I also uh, dress up as, uh, you know, one of the ladies of the night played by Pat Benatar. Absolutely. Half, uh, yeah, you guys should come see it sometime. Most definitely. We'll we'll make plans for it. We'll actually promote it on the podcast as well. So you give us a flyer, we'll put it out there. I'll probably wait yeah. till it hits Broadway, but I'll definitely catch it, obviously. Yeah, I'll send you some links. Awesome. Thank Perfect. you. Nuwaza Apparel, thank you for stopping by to review some secret match nonsense with us, Travis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Oh, uh, but that was uh, probably like the, the one thing I wanted to say the most exciting thing about this match is how Jake Shields was able to repu- you know, replicate that uh, their famous match, Satoshi and Shields' famous match in, uh, in Japan all those years ago. 
and, uh, you know, finish that double rip box, breaking Satoshi's arm again for the second time. That was, <laughs> I mean, like, to say, I mean, you, you hear that, you know, Satoshi, that was, he was, uh, you know, really coming in, ready for this this fight, and Jake Shields, you know, like, just, just, uh, really going after it. You know, we keep hearing that he was partying in Japan, smoking and drinking yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Things, Still. But nope. We we uh, we saw him right back in form, just you know, same thing as they before. Cartwheel passes and everything. I mean, it was uh, it was good to see him come back. I think the they important thing the to Satoshi take away from all of this nothing. is that Travis Nawaza supplies jujitsu gear and is connected to the jujitsu community. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, I'm really excited. I mean, the all like the cool thing is like this, uh, like Metamorphosis, uh, you know. All finished all subs, all subs, which was really, really good to see. <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Thomas, you know, he uh, he finished Steve Maxwell, the kettlebell guy, which mm-hmm. you know was really exciting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, just all the subs, and then over at Copa Podio, I mean, I mean, I heard all the matches were like under two minutes, all subs, which you know, <laughs> it was uh, I, really cool. I have to I stop mean, you I, right I, now because we all know that's a lie because Copa Podio is still going as we speak. Oh, well, I was talking about the last one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that did finish. (laughs) Yeah, the last one did just finish. Yeah, same time. Yeah, uh, I heard Gianna just uh, moved Joao's foot from his right hip to his left hip in 50-50, but then Joao put it back. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's the latest thing uh, to happen. I mean, just the fact that everyone has been rioting over, over, uh, you know, the poor decision in uh, what happened yeah. over at Coco Podio. Oh, well, I think that's as good a cue of any to call this a fucking uh, podcast. Travis, we could do this for 25 years, by the way. I Remember know. when the British, we threw the T in because they wouldn't let us do jujitsu? I'm glad we've uh, come that's around. Nuaza <laughs> Apparel, check him out. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Back because, well, we just like him. Jim Lawson from the Warriors Club, here to help us break down. And you were at the event, so you were close enough to see Keenan go squeamishly running to the back like he had to vomit, which it turns out he did. Jim, how are you doing this evening? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing great. Kevin, it's great talking to you. It's good hey, to have hey. you back on the podcast. Raph, you're okay. fine. You're a close second. Okay. You're a bronze well, I'm medal. I'm not even a close second. I guess I'm, I'm the draw in this show, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it is my name. God Up damn at it. The top. Uh, so, Jim, did you also – because I, I said this to Raph and apparently there was consternation about why he ran back. Uh, apparently none of those people have ever thrown up after they've rolled. That's exactly the face I made about three competitions into my white belt career when I went vomiting after my third match. Did you know immediately that's what he had gone to do, or was it hard to see from your angle? No. I, in fact, this is the first time I'm hearing about it right now. He did, what? huh? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. so each fighter is supposed to stick around for the uh, for the like post-fight interview, and all of a sudden, Keenan gives like that finger that says, I got to go back. Uh, and he just kind of takes off very fast to the back, and it was because he, he had to vomit. He went ahead and said that on Facebook. But he got a lot of, like, 
flack about whether or not he was being respectful or whatever it was. Kev, he can tell us all he wants to. Let's know what the real problem was. (laughs) Okay. The real problem was Kenny went to interview Yuri first. Ooh. And Keenan was like, do you know who I am? (laughs) I'm so hot right now. I'm going to the back and pretending to throw up. Okay, Keenan out. That's what happened. No way. You, you really think that was the case? No, but it's way more funner like, to tell that version than, like, when Keenan <laughs> got think... home and was like, I wait to go throw up. I'm like, this is such a boring story. Damn no, it. Let's, oh, man, let's run with it. Let's let's add something to it. <laughs> yeah, like a, I agree. You know, I heard he wants to fight. Back and he was late for an autograph <laughs> signing in the after party. <laughs> I also heard a fan slipped him some cocaine as he ran by. I don't know if it's true <laughs> and that he had the balls to do it on air. I don't know if that's true, but Dude, we impressive. are totally going to make this a living project and the story's going to get bigger and bigger. And that will be I'd like to yeah. contribute to the what really <laughs> happened. Go ahead and hashtag <laughs> Keenan leaves Matt and send your best ideas to us at Verbal Tap Cast. <laughs> Keenan leaves Matt. Awesome. We'll be able to find that hashtag. Uh so Jim Take us through what you saw in the match. Starts with some – I was a little surprised by how much stand-up it started with because I thought immediately we would be on the ground. Um, but take us through what you saw, what you were excited about. Yeah, you know, it it, it almost it almost seemed like they were hesitant to go to the ground, that, that they were both unsure of each – of uh, what each other had in store, you know? So um, – when it got to the ground, though, it was very exciting, and there was a lot of um, submission attempts, and I, I think that was kind of the theme of the night, even though I, I would have to say just across the board. Um, although there was only one submission of the night, a lot of those matches were so exciting, and you just, each match, even the last one, which was the slowest, you, you wish there was an extra 10 minutes, and this one was no different, especially knowing what you want. What's that? I I was just about to chime in. We may, I guess, some of us may wish there was 10 more minutes in that last match. I'm not sure Henzo and Sakuraba wish there was 10 more minutes, but that's just mine. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not, not that they wish there were 10 more minutes. I, yeah, no matter what. Didn't Henzo say something about that? Oh, I wish there was more time. Eh, probably not. But <laughs> I wish there was more time. I yeah, he wanted to see if his knee would pop back in and start working again well speaking of knees uh, so Jim you were there live you were watching it live Um, what was your reaction when you saw Keenan get put in a very bad spot again uh, for for his knee and and follow up question do you feel like we're just short of Keenan's knee getting its own highlight reel (laughs) Um, no 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 I don't know sometimes I'm starting to believe he's leaving it out there for bait I don't know, to set up some sort of a weird worm, wormy guard or something. Um, and it seemed like the, the, the big, the big uh, highlight I took from it is towards the end, when it seemed like there was really nothing there, he was trying to create. He was trying to create, like uh, wrapping the, the – it, it kind of struck me as an advertisement. Like there's no move here in my guard, so let me just kind of – secure grip and now I'm just going to throw my gi over it just to claim warm guard I don't know yeah. do you guys do you guys remember that sequence where yeah. there's really I know exactly there. what you're talking about 
yeah, he grabbed the lapel, and then everyone got excited, and they just let it go because there really there was nothing that that lapel was going to do. But uh, it just seemed like, hey, let's advertise the uh, the worm guard. You know, uh, my new five book series, Jim. The Jim, the joke between Kevin and I is that you know Kevin and I are, are stand up comics, some better than others, uh, but <laughs> we know what it's like to tell a joke that will get an applause break, and you kind of like stare at your audience, like, "Yep, I just told that joke, right?" Keenan teasing the worm guard and presenting it to the audience, like, "Here's a lapel, applause, a thank you." Yes, yes, and I think and you uh, saw. That, that- he lets it go immediately. Like he's like, immediately he wraps it around. And he's like, "Well, that didn't fucking do anything." Okay, let's try something else. Right, right, right. So that was, you know, th- there was. I mean, not to be lost amongst all the good jujitsu that was happening uh, during the match Absolutely. because it really was. I mean, both guys were going at it. There's a, a lot of action. Um, it seems like footlocks are, are really um, starting to float to the surface. The once taboo moves for the past couple of years have been flown to the forefront of the jujitsu landscape. A lot more people are going for foot locks, leg locks. And I yeah. love it. Um, I'm from the Fada side. So we've, that's been something I've lived my jujitsu life with. It's fascinating to see, but with foot locks in mind, let me ask you about the position that we spent like almost five minutes in. It seemed like we seemed like we spent forever in this kind of like mm-hmm. a reverse donkey guard. I don't even know how to say it. Yuri had his legs around Keenan um, right. and had access to his feet, but Keenan didn't really have access to Yuri at all. It was just a, a bizarre position, but we were there for a while. Right. Um, it, it, it was definitely, I mean, that that was exciting. That was actually a, a very pivotal point where, yeah, he, uh, uh, Yuri was on top, right? And then he was facing south uh, uh, with um, Keenan's uh, legs in front of him. And, um, yeah, it was. I was kind of curious on how aggressive he was going to be to attack the crossed ankles. Mm. Uh, if if I'm remembering the whole sequence properly, Yuri was on top, and then uh, the legs were in, or feet were in front of him, and um, he did. He ended up grabbing for one of them, and I think they went back into like a more conventional type of position. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, w- I was kind of curious, and then he didn't. I don't think. I don't think he, um, for whatever reason, I don't know because a lot of things you can't see is how someone feels, like the the weight and where they're putting their pressure. You can't really see these things, but I was kind of curious on why he didn't, um, at that particular moment, get more aggressive in, ta- in attacking one of the knees, one of the feet, or anything like that, because. It's an unconventional position, but it's one of those things that is, uh, with uh, Keenan's long legs, it's, man, I mean, the mentality has got to be, man, let's get one of these limbs. Yeah. Let's get one of these limbs. Absolutely. And I have to ask you this because there is a little bit of flack that gi matches get at Metamorris. I felt like I, I I really did feel this. I felt that this match made a great argument as to why the gi matches can be not only exciting, but really well done if you style up the differences between your athletes really well. Man, that Ralph, that's that's a um, that's a great point. That's a great point. And one one thing that that I feel needs to be said again across the board is that these were some really good matchups. 
uh, stylistically. And, you know, let's not forget that Keenan was a, uh, an alternate. Yeah. I mean, this whole time, Yuri has um, uh, Raphael and his, uh, his brain housing group preparing and mentally. And what, about two and a half weeks before uh, Lovato falls out and insert Keenan Cornelius, a whole new beast who is one of the marquee names right now. Um, you know, that, that, that plays some, uh, some mind games, but the, the matchups and how you switch up your game and, you know, how do you attack Keenan now? You know? So, uh, stylistically, I thought, I thought they still were able to keep the integrity and the intrigue of the original matchup. And, uh, yeah, the fact that Keenan, I mean, he, he's great in the gi. Yuri, he's proven in the gi. And uh, I think you sprinkle in the, the little showmanship of Keenan showcasing the lapel. I mean, I think, I think it's exciting. You know, whether or not, you know, a lot of the moves mean anything, whatever. It's, it was exciting. Maybe he's about oh. to show something we've never seen before, you know. And for a match that did genuinely have, like, it felt like every five minutes, one of them moved into a very serious submission attempt. Yeah, um, did, did you guys find yourself going, oh, 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 the knee. oh. <laughs> yeah, at several points too, because there was even a point where he had Yuri's lapel wrapped up around his neck, and it was like, uh oh, yeah, that's not gonna, that can't be good. Jim, how do you feel about me calling this the the fight of the night? Um, I think you would make a compelling uh, argument with that. I think. Uh, it's very arguable, but uh, you definitely nice person have an speak. That was him saying, "Yeah, maybe." I, <laughs> that was the uh, I, your co. Uh, I mean, your co-host here, Kevin, may remind you we have JT Torres coming on very shortly. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Who might say something a little different? But uh, oh, no, this man. was an absolute fantastic match. Uh, no, but it, what, what I mean by what I what I but what I honestly meant by that is that really all the matches were good. I mean, for draws all across the board, minus um, 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 Gary's, they were pretty exciting, man. They were I, pretty you know, exciting. Jim, we we did in, uh, talk about this just prior a few minutes ago, but are you really making a dangling qualifier that the Vinny match was good? Ah, uh, good point. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, just, everyone's kind of just everyone's just kind of forgot about it. Everyone's or, back yeah, on it. You know, in, maybe you know, Jim. I don't know how you party at Metamorphosis. I don't know if you went to go get a drink <laughs> or if you were like gone and you just came back and you only saw five matches and you were like, "This is the best ever." <laughs> you know, you know that's a good point. That one was so forgettable. I did forget about it. The other ones were that good. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones were that good, man. I, maybe I'm just a little butthurt that I didn't get the call to to compete for ten grand on Vinny. Did you submit you, black your application? Yeah. Oh hell yeah, I did. Hell yeah. Uh, what did you put as your compelling reason to want to face Vinny? Um, I'm I'm funny. <laughs> Love it. I, mean, that <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know no I I uh, I texted Holly directly. I'll submit him. And then the, he, he hit me up two days later, LOL. I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> that was it. It was pretty much went that, it was a short conversation. I love <laughs> that your explanation is not too different than mine, which would just be, give me money. 
Yeah, pretty much. Wait, why not? Ten thousand, whatever. Uh, I would have probably told him some jokes. That would have been my. But like, maybe I can distract him. uh, make this game show happen, but I want to get your opinion on it real quick. Do you think oh. that it's a good idea to uh, do instead of a submit, Vinny, try to break his guard for 2K? Uh, try to break his guard? Huh. Pass Vinny's guard? Yeah, pass Vinny's guard. For, for fact, you, know what? you just named it. Genius. <laughs> Jim, you've done two great things here today. Uh, pass Vinny's guard is the name of the show. And you've also inspired me through, I guess, whatever language. I'm not even sure you were thinking about this, but Keenan can have the worm guard. I'm going to go ahead and coin the gummy worm guard. Because when you called it the wormy guard, it made me think that Lethargic Man's gummy worm guard would be revolutionary. So I'm going to get behind that. <laughs> yeah, that's like the super, that's the super heavyweight version. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like Keenan, but gummier. <laughs> well, Jim, you've uh, you've had a crazy day, and you slid us in, which we always appreciate. But we're gonna go ahead and uh, get you out of here. People can still find you over at the Warriors Club. Yes, sir. And Raph, I hope you come out again sometime soon. It was great um, twisting your limbs up and choking you out. That was it was like a highlight of my life. I'm not going to lie. You know, the funniest part about rolling with Jim, and Jim, I don't think you knew this. Um, the last time I went to roll at your place, my back gave out the second we started rolling. <laughs> and I was like, like, not even like, oh, okay, like, maybe mid-roll, like, the second I literally, like, took side control. I told somebody, I was like, how do you break your back getting side control? And because Jim has great people who train with them. Uh, a couple buddies uh, of mine who were there were like, Raph, it's time to train. I was like, oh, God, I have to do this. <laughs> I, oh, have yeah. to, I have to train. I, I, I can't not train now. Uh, so the next day I, I, I text Jim because he's like, dude, come back down. Let's go over some more techniques. I was like, I, I cannot, Jim. I'm very sorry. And I get the most shit talking from him I've gotten in some time. And I was like, I, you're, you're right. I deserve this. So <laughs> thanks, Jim. Really appreciate that. <laughs> someone must have, someone else must have my phone. I don't talk shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> continues to become my favorite guest host for our Metamore experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Lawson. Our obsession with Metamorris continues. And this next guest, you know, we apologize. We've had some some big names on this podcast, so at times it can be hard for us to fill in the blanks. Yeah, uh, so we're doing our best, and if you haven't heard of this guy, I completely understand. So sorry, guys. I really yeah. try and book the best people. Yeah. This is a last we do our best. Time. At times <laughs> it can be hard. We don't always find the best-looking, most talented person to interview. Yeah. Uh, that can be hard at times. So, yeah. and fortunately, you know, they can't all be winners. But in this case, from Ados Jiu-Jitsu, he's won a few things. You might know him. JT Torres, here to help review the JT Torres-Rory McDonald match. JT, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Doing great. We appreciate you coming on to review. Obviously, we were being a little facetious because we did find the most talented, best-looking, 
jujitsu <laughs> fighter we could to review yeah, this. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, the uh, extra footage they showed in between your match was really funny. It was you working with the kids uh, and oh, them kind yeah. of attacking you while you're not paying attention. Yeah, man, that kid, that kid of this, man, he's a handful. He's one of my students in the in like the preteen <laughs> class. Uh, I just remember is... saying as I was watching it at home, JT, he's just a child. Leave him alone. <laughs> Uh, JT, how was the Metamorris experience as a whole? It's amazing as as usual. You know, I, this is the second one I fought in, and it really they really make you feel like you are a pro athlete, and that's how they treat you, which is pretty cool. Especially to see that in jiu-jitsu, you know, where jiu-jitsu is still working up to be on that level across the board. So, great event, great experience. I had a, I had a lot of fun. So, if you're speaking objectively. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your interpretations of this match between JT Torres and Rory McDonald? It was a good match. Very good match. Uh, I think it was exciting. I think the fans enjoyed it. Uh, when I watched it from the outside, you know, when I watched it on YouTube the next day, I thought it was pretty exciting too. Whoa, 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 JT, I'm sorry. Where did you watch it again? On YouTube. <laughs> okay, JT, we need to have a chat. <laughs> you do understand that sometimes the jiu-jitsu athletes don't make money. That's true. So maybe, maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe you watched it on metamorris.com? Actually, I did watch it the first time on metamorris.com. I watched the replay. I watched it a few <laughs> times, actually. <laughs> and then later on down the road, I saw it on, on YouTube, like on my Facebook feed, and I just watched it again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the thoughts and expressed statements by JT Torres do not reflect those of Verbal Tab Podcast or Metamorris.com. <laughs> but JT, uh, so when you when this is going on, uh-huh. I don't think we're being facetious when we say uh, Rory McDonald looked a little bit bigger than you. Is that an accurate statement? Uh, more than accurate. You know, actually, when I was standing on the stage there, they called me out first, and he was coming out. You know, after me, I'm just there waiting. And then when they call him out, he comes out, and I'm just like, this guy looks huge, you know? And we agreed to fight at 190, and, you know, I had training partners around 190 to help me prepare for him. And he just sure. way bigger than them, you know, which I was, like, trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. But I said, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I don't know if he's 190 or not, but we're going to fight now. So I just went along with it. And you're being a gentleman. Because you know you're a jujitsu fighter, so you were you were gonna fight regardless, and yeah. we know that from your first match when you picked up the match in like a week and a half because um, yeah. Keenan had gotten injured and someone else had gotten injured before that. So yeah. uh, obviously you'd fight regardless. But can I just like take a guess at what his weight yeah. was? Like Ooh, just from a pure, this is fun, and I genuinely put him on the scale as they walk out because what they called Chael Sonnen's weight at was complete bullshit. And you just know they're lying. And it was like with Rory, it's like Rory looks 220, 215, and I'm being generous. Because we've seen Rory. Like, we've seen him at weigh-ins. And look at him when he weighs it at 170, and he is ripped. Like, there's no water weight. There's no nothing. He looked obviously not out of shape, but he looked a little bit more healthy 
Last uh, <laughs> Saturday night. Healthy is the worst way yeah, to put it. Yeah, that's the nice way of putting it, especially right before Thanksgiving, because who knows? He looked what he's big bone this weekend. Yeah, what I'm saying is he looked big bone. <laughs> he looked sure. like you know, not no, wearing he, his skinny jeans that night is my point. Yeah. And not. that was what were you weighing as you came in? About one seventy. Yeah. <laughs> So we're talking about closer to a 50, 55-pound difference, optimistically. Yeah, pretty pretty big difference. I definitely felt that bit, too. I would get some good positions on him. He would just literally bench press me off of him. Which, there's a lot to talk about in your transitional work, but let's let's start with this. Kevin and I really feel there needs to be a movement. Like all major fights, there needs to be weigh-ins. And Kevin and I are more than happy to host the weigh-in. So I don't know if you can use your clout to go ahead and make that happen with Metamoris. But uh, yeah, I think it's... There. Yes, please do. Thank you. I just think that it's one of those things where you see the difference between you and him. You go, right. yeah, on paper. Yeah. Right. Okay. That, that's they had like him a, at 190. Match. Okay. I almost right. spit my beer out at what they had him listed at. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But I think that makes it all the more impressive when we start to really get into the match and if we're really talking about your transitions. So right. what you're doing here is like uh, – Kevin and I will never see the likes of passing like this. No, I was actually – Raph and I were talking about this. It was yeah. like I got to look up some JT passing techniques. Jesus yeah. Christ. The way your feet move is it's insane. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. So w- what was the hardest part about making all of those passing? I- I'm sure the the difference in kind of size was was proving a little bit difficult, but it looked like in certain times you were navigating it with zero problems. Yeah, you know what? Um, I felt I was quicker than him, and just my technique was a bit sharper, you know? And I was able to beat him to the punch a few times in those transitions. But, uh, I mean, I think the most difficult part for me was just after I got those transitions over with and I got a good position, was just trying to maintain him in that position because he was just a big dude and he was just kind of pushing me off. And then as, as the match went on, he got sweatier and sweatier. So like yeah, he was wearing no shirt too. Water. Yeah, so it was just harder to hold him down, you know? You found some success when you decided to go ahead and just uh, triangle him. Yeah, yeah. Be- before we get to some of your attacks, which, you know, you – this is kind of what you expect, by the way, from a, a, a matchup like this. You were obviously pushing the pace quite a bit more. Right. He had a few. He had good escapes. Of course, he does. He's Rory McDonald. He obviously knows yeah. what he's doing on the ground. He knows how to pummel. He knows how Absolutely. to not get into the positions that are going to benefit you. That said, you obviously were never in any sort of danger. The only right. question I had about the scissor takedown, yeah. the sort of leg scissoring he was doing, it didn't. That position's supposed to put him in more of a, and they were using Anderson Silva um, yeah. comparisons, and it's like, no, he didn't come up with a heel hook. Like, JT looked mildly annoyed by it, but not at all surprised. <laughs> um, what was your reaction when he started busting out the sort of that reverse scissor um, I mean, the first thing that went through my head was like, man, I hope he doesn't break my leg right now. Doing yeah, this thing. Sure. I have like a, a huge dude just flying his entire body towards my knee. Mm-hmm. But, um... <laughs> Other than that, uh, I didn't really mind too much because I wanted him on his back, you know? I wanted him on his back, and every time he went for it, I was able to stabilize the position and take top position. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the only thing really going through my mind. I mean, I guess it surprised me a little bit 
but not too much. I expect him for, to go for something crazy like that. I didn't know what he was going to do, but, you know, I was ready for it. And at the 10-minute mark, he obviously ate two double cheeseburgers, added a little bit more to that. <laughs> I'll stop. Like, I'm any no, better, no. by the way. I don't care. I'm acting <laughs> like I'm in this elite shape. It's uh, The reason why Kevin could be so precise on exactly how much Rory weighs is because it's not too off from Kevin's <laughs> No, weight, if we're I'm being quite one, Staying at the 209-210 basis, and it was like, that guy looks my size. <laughs> that guy <laughs> looks my like, size. Oh, man. All right. Well, right. I think Kevin probably just had some like flashbacks of what a match would look like with you, except he doesn't have as great a base or control as Rory does. <laughs> so yeah. I think he was just really, really scared the whole time, and and rightfully so because I just there was a moment when I think I saw you passing, and right. you had this look on your face that was like, "JT Torres can give a fuck," and I could not <laughs> stop laughing because you were so determined uh, to get to side. And it, it was yeah. something to behold. You what do you scream think? that, by the way? You should scream that next time you're passing. Please CT do. Torres could give a fuck. Use the third person. You don't even have to cite us. I mean, you yeah. can add verbal tap on your shirt, but you don't have Absolutely. to is Absolutely. what I'm saying. Oh. But All that right, would right. terrify people. <laughs> so JT you- Torres could give a fuck as he moves into <laughs> side control. That sounds about right. So, JT, you know uh, – when you looked like you were kind of at one point uh, playing with his feet and kind of looking for something there, like what was the most difficult aspect of his game to kind of, uh, I guess, I know the, the sweaty was kind of hard to do toward the end, but was there anything in particular that was just kind of like, oh, that's different. I wasn't expecting that. Honestly, no. Um, there was nothing really that took me off guard or surprised me or even, you know, took me off my my game plan at all. I just I, I just felt in control the whole fight, to be honest with you. Mm. Mm. It kind of looked like you were in control. So it's, I mean, it's at least on some level, it's going to say, as you rewatched it, which I find fascinating that you, uh-huh. that you rewatched, Raph and I both are uh, on the stand-up comedy side and we continually, you know, you kind of have to watch yourself in any venue to, to improve. Right, what do right, you look absolutely. for? Were there moments where you were like, maybe I could have gone for an arm bar? Um, what's your process like as you review tape, essentially? Uh, just seeing where I could have taken more of a more of a, a risk, if you want to call it. You know, like you said, I should, maybe I should have gone for an arm lock a little earlier, or maybe I should have gone for the leg lock a little a little later in the match. You know, things like that. Um, I just try to pick apart where I made mistakes and where I can improve. Anything you saw that you could kind of talk us through? Was there a moment where you were like, damn it, why didn't I go for this? Or um, by and large, did you feel like, well, his weight distribution, right. anything uh, like know, that? Looking, looking back at the match, um, I wish I would have come up to my two knees a little sooner when I had the Kimura. Um, um, even though I felt it was super tight, but uh, I just wish I came up a little bit sooner and, and it could have been the difference, you know? We will never know, but... Uh, that's the only thing that I saw that I wish I could have gone, go back and just redo. You know, I think the fun part that we heard about from Rory afterwards is he looked like he had a blast. He looked like <laughs> a kid who just right. had an exhibition game. It was just like, that was fun. Let's do that again. But the one thing right. I think he said that, that really threw everybody was, I would have let JT break my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Dana was interested to hear that. Dana White was probably like, excuse me? <laughs> You yeah. would have what? I guess my Crazy. question to you is your reaction? 
Um, my reaction was I was a little a little taken back by it. Do I think he meant it a hundred percent? No, I don't think so. Um I mean, I, I don't think so, but I really don't know at the same time, which makes it very interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I was surprised about that, you know. But I mean I, he, he told me his his arm hurt after the match and a lot of people saw him just holding his arm in the post interview right there on the map. So I don't know how true it is. I think he would have tapped if his arm didn't, you know, like flip out of the lock that I had him in. Mm. I guess it was just a weird thing to pronounce uh, afterwards, especially when you're saying it with such like youthful enthusiasm of like, yeah, I'd let him break my arm. Fun. I'm a fighter. No big deal. Who needs an arm to punch? <laughs> Right. I'm just yeah. up for the title, so fuck yeah. it. Who this is worth it. Title. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fantastic. Uh, any, did you guys? Do you guys see each other at all before the match? Is there any conversation before, or was it pretty much you just saw uh, him when you got out there? We saw each other uh, at the rules meeting briefly. You know, kind of just shook hands, and he was fully clothed when I met when I saw him there. So I, I didn't really get to see a. Uh, how big he was really but uh yeah we, we just had a few words introduced ourselves like hey how you doing nice to meet you and that was about yeah. it and after the match so we spoke a little bit more and he seemed like a nice guy you know but not too much words were, were traded between the two of us i do like that you really make sure to emphasize he was fully clothed when i met him which <laughs> i guess i would hope most people are when they meet you i thought went without saying but i think i see what he's talking about sure it's possible and i guess we've yeah, all heard the rumors about. rory right. likes to just walk around in a robe before things we've heard it yeah everybody knows yeah, about that. yeah probably right but i guess the other <laughs> half of that statement is maybe this is the learning part of jiu-jitsu for you jt is that next time you have an opponent and you see him at a rules meeting you go excuse me do you mind disrobing for me real quick? I just want to check weight. <sighs> I'd like to do a little look-see. <laughs> just want to do a little yeah. inspection under the hood. No big deal. I just want to see what you're coming in. Spare tires there? All right. I know what tomorrow's about then. <laughs> I just remember when Galvo fought uh, Sonnen. They had Sonnen listed at like 205 or 210. Something no. ridiculous. Yeah. And it was no like, way. go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like yeah. He walks around at a clean 240, 250. He's honest about that. Like We know these things about fighters. And we yeah. love the fact that in the, the photos the next day, Chael Sonnen was like clutching his, his chest and like folding his arms in a way that like a female may do to prevent a wardrobe malfunction, one might say. <laughs> as to not show the little bit of extra pudge that may be around the area. So we, we had right, a good right. laugh at that expense. Um, but now That's I guess funny. you and Galvo can can uh, have a nice joke about that. Speaking of things that Atos can joke about, yeah. when are you guys going to start doing knee bar and leg lock escape seminars? Because it <laughs> feels like everybody from you guys, when it looks really bad, somehow – Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just really staying cool under pressure, you know. Uh, it's like they say, when you have a, a crazy situation, the worst thing you can do is panic. So that's the way I, the approach I take at it, and I'm pretty sure it's the same way Keenan looks at it too. But, uh, I mean, there's definitely yeah. techniques, yeah. though, that we use to help us escape. I mean, it was very impressive and helpful that Keenan puts out a video breaking down exactly why, you know, he doesn't tap to leg locks, et cetera, or foot locks right. and, and knee bars. but. Right. 
you have to understand, and maybe you guys forget this, that the ordinary person might have tapped a couple times. Like, those my days. purple belt ass would have signed a signature on a tap card and handed <laughs> it to the referee. Like, I would have, it's like been clear as day. I would have had it notarized if needs be. That's how tight that goddamn leg lock looks. Kevin T. Phillips hereby <laughs> requests a forfeiture of the match. I have pretty good Kimura defense. I got to tell you, I was feeling pretty. I was looking at Rory's arm, just like it's not worth it, Rory. You're gonna get paid so much more to fight in the UFC. Right. Don't make him do it. <laughs> that would have been. Oh, You're also learning why I don't get to coach jujitsu very often. Absolutely. That might be why. If I'm just right. on the side yelling, tap Rory, <laughs> tap, tap, tap. We got to start cutting weight for your next fight, like immediately. Tap. <laughs> So, I would love for there to be a towel for them to just throw in for Rory. That, I thought <laughs> that's what they've realized that it has to happen now. His Canadian right. passive aggressiveness. He's been like, I really wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> great. Um, as you finished, what was some of the, the cool reflections of the night? How did you feel as the as the match ends and everything winds down? You were, it was entertaining as hell. I mean, that was the nice part. Like. It's fun to ro- watch Rory. It's fun to watch you. It's especially fun to watch someone that just kind of doesn't stop attacking, which is what it looked like you were doing. Um, how did you feel post-fight and post the experience? Um, any cool people you got to meet or anything like that? Um, I, I got to meet Takarabo. It was pretty cool. Um, I mean, Hensley Gracie as well. I got you know, to mingle with those guys behind behind uh, the backstage and all that and that's that's always cool those guys are legends you know some guys that i grew up watching fight and do jiu-jitsu and mma and kick each other in the head in pride you know so it's pretty cool to see that and meet those guys in person and actually be able to fight on the same mat as them so that was an experience in itself after the match i'll be honest with you guys i was a little a little upset you know i was like man i, I really thought i had that more you know and then what happened when i had the more that's I felt like I just lost, not not lost the grip where I lost his arm, like it popped out, like it, it slipped out. And uh, I was just thinking about that all night, like, damn it, man, I could have had that submission, you know, I should have had that submission. But other than that, it was a great experience. I was happy with my performance, you know, it seemed like the crowd loved the match, which what matters most to me, you know, that the fans enjoyed it. And the fans enjoy it, I'm sure I'll be back on another card one day. Do you feel uh, I like little doubt. do you I mean I understand you know self reflection and and understanding and all of that I mean it, it's tough it's anybody who understands the practice of watching tape or footage of themselves know it can be a chore and that you really see those little those little moments where you're like motherfucker but yeah exactly when did it set in that you really knew that you had a good match though because I don't want to say match of the night but like. Mostly because we don't have any money to give you any like real distinguishing title, but let's just say Plus, you had. I've already said it like three other times. Yeah, because we're speak for the podcast. We all know that. <laughs> but like, um, you know, when does that set in that you actually get a little more foresight and you you get to that moment, especially if you're a little bummed out afterwards? Yeah, but I'll probably say like within forty minutes to an hour after the match, I started realizing. People were coming up to me. They're like, "Man, amazing match! Amazing jujitsu!" I started getting tons of messages, and people were saying, "Oh, you inspired us. You look like a mongoose fighting the cobra out there." Uh, <laughs> you know, so people people were really pumped about the match. So it made me feel a little bit better. I said, "Well, you know, as long as they had fun with it, I'm happy with it." 
I'm just glad the, the description of mongoose fighting a cobra tells me that I think you meet Shakira somewhere. <laughs> She's one of the few people who talks like that. But that certainly does a correct like. size analogy. Absolutely. I was just going to say, like, and most of the people that listen to this podcast are pretty jujitsu or MMA oriented. But if you don't understand what the the weight difference can do, no gi, especially. Oh, when yeah. they're like opponents not wearing a, a rash guard, and that's one of the things I, I think might benefit Metamoris from being like add the rash guard, make it mandatory. Because when yeah. someone's not, it's really hard to submit them. It's really hard to pull off Kimuras. It's really hard to pull oh. off arm bars because they're oh, yeah. slippery as fuck. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. if they're you know fifty five to sixty plus. Pounds yeah, that, that doesn't that doesn't help either. Absolutely. <laughs> It especially does it when you're trying to submit them. It genuinely makes it significantly harder. You know, everything's – it's always a chess match and it's obviously yeah. technique. But we're talking about black belt against black belt. Uh, yeah. You know, That's the thing too that, that – I mean people got to see that, yeah, I'm a black belt. And when a black belt fights another black belt, it's a good match. But at 50, 60 pounds on top of it, it could change things. You know, it makes things a lot more difficult. So, I mean, I definitely felt that. And I, I was really surprised about his, his size. I did not expect yeah. that. And obviously a dude that works out. I mean, he's in shape. Like he, you yeah. know, you could see that from his cardio. He wasn't oh, yeah, losing yeah. himself. He's obviously yeah. competition trained. So, and that was part of why the match was, I mean, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And some real ADCC feel to it. Yeah. 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 Like an old school ADCC for sure. Like the big guy versus a small guy kind of thing in the absolute division. Now, JT, we're going to ask you a little bit about uh, what's coming up next, but I do want to know before we close out Metamoris, uh, mm-hmm. is there an opponent that you have in mind for your next one? Because if they don't invite you back, let's just say it's they stupid. Will. It's stupid yeah, if they don't invite you back. I feel like there's there's a set few folks who just completely deliver, and I feel like you, you really put in a good uh, – a uh, set of fights in there. Is, is there somebody that piques your interest to try and fight at Metamorphs? Um, you know what? No one, no one in particular, to be honest with you. Um, just someone around my size. Can I throw some names out there? I'm happy yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it. Yeah. I, I love think. somewhere around my size is the most like, polite way of saying. No, especially no, no more fat. I'd love, I'd love to watch me some JT Torres versus some Gary Tonin. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's a, a good match. fascinating. Yeah stylistic matchup because you have a, yeah. a much more you have a really good top pressure game it's very under yeah. i don't know if you get the credit for your top pressure game right um, th- that would obviously be a ton of fun uh yeah. justin raider oh yeah who might be right justin raider it's like these are two I, i'm also continually you'll notice i'm pairing up a lot of american jiu-jitsu fighters right. <laughs> i i would really like to watch me some jt versus actually now that i say it out loud that's genius raf where are you at on the jt justin fight <laughs> i'm sorry no the JT justin fight you want me to pick a side when we have one of the guests on <laughs> as if there's a different way to answer no, that no. question i just want you to say how excited you are about the fight yeah, obviously. Like, I think that goes yeah. without saying. I think both of the matches you just mentioned are fantastic. I mean, if you think about between Gary and JT, you're asking for an explosive fight of yeah. of a really unpredictable nature. I think you yeah. do a lot of great passing. I think Gary loves to put himself into terrible positions but has great yeah. escapes. But it's you combine those two yeah. elements together, you're seeing either Makes the world's – 
fastest match or one of the world's most insane matches. And I'll take either one of yeah. them. And Justin yeah. Rader is great wrestling. And I think that, you know, when you're facing somebody who's got an MMA kind of wrestling and jiu-jitsu background, I think you, you kind of get a preview. Um, right. And just knowing how much Justin goes for it, I think it'd be great. So oh, we yeah, could put I him guess, and Rader yeah, in the gi, too. In the gi. Matches. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, yeah. By the way, nice no gi gear. The tatami looking Thank good. You. Appreciate gear. that. <laughs> Obviously, Raf and I also judge the fashion. Um, I'm usually more. <laughs> your jujitsu is like forty percent, but your fashion. Like... <laughs> How does he look when he comes out? Uh, JT obviously styling. <laughs> uh, JT, the other question I have for you is: so coming up next, you have uh, Polaris, Polaris, yes. the George yes. Clooney movie, whatever it's called. Uh, so that's coming up, and that's taking place in the UK. Yes, in Wales. Okay, great. Uh, who are you fighting? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm going to actually be fighting Victor Esquema. Uh, oh, yeah. January 10th. Uh, yeah, that's the date. January 10th in Wales. And it's actually a 15, it's a 20-minute match. The first 15 minutes are submission only, and in the last five minutes, there's points. So it's a little different. Uh, I think it makes things a little bit more interesting. And, yeah, I mean, he's a great Jiu-Jitsu fighter. Uh, we fought once before, actually, in Metamorphosis. So it's going to be our second match in a super fight uh, stage. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. That's so sick. I mean, you guys had a great match at Metamorphosis as well. Uh, yeah. You know, what did you learn from your match against him at Metamorphosis? Um, I mean, what I learned was uh, just just how to deal with uh, certain guards. You know, Victor has an amazing guard, great guard, one of the top guards, uh, in, in my opinion, in jiu-jitsu. And he, was, he did a really good job of tying me up. So that forced me to go back to the drawing board and work on some more passing and pressure. And, I mean, you guys saw it, his passing more. It's my passing, I think, looked a little bit better than it did against Victor Esquema. So that's something I've been working on. And, yeah, that's something I look to carry on to the next match with Victor. I love it. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. yeah. We, love watching, we love watching you fight. We're not alone. The jiu-jitsu world loves watching us some uh, JT Torres, one of the uh, the many – Exciting young fighters coming up out of Atos. You can find JT Torres. I obviously, we like his page on Facebook. We encourage you to do so. Follow him on the social medias. Keep up with uh, the gear he's releasing, the different fights he's fighting. And you also do some really great videos. You teach kids a lot. And people people don't always realize like that, that sharpened skill, being able to teach kids and being able to teach adults isn't something everyone has. So yeah, I, I encourage mean, people yeah. to, yeah, check out your videos. Um, Thank you. Appreciate JT, that. you came on, you chatted some Metamorphosis with us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. W- once again, our congratulations on the fight, and uh, we will obviously talk to you in the future. But thank you so much for swinging by the podcast. Beautiful. My, my honor. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your guys' show, and I hope to be back. You'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> much like the Metamorphosis card. Who's Ladies saying, and gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> JT Torres. Thank you, guys. Verbal Tap, we are not just students of Metamorphosis, but we're students of the sport. So to fully analyze Kazushi Sakuraba, gotta be impressed I nailed the name right, versus Henzo Gracie. We thought fit to bring in someone that's choked me out upwards of 
I'd say north of 150, 200 times. It's, it gets hard to calculate mm. over the course of like a single day. Mm-hmm. Black belt at my school, Rob Acre. Rob, how are you doing this evening? Guys, I'm uh, I'm doing really well, and uh, thank you uh, for having me on your show. Big fan. We're absolutely not doing it because I'm just nervous you're going to armbar me. So don't even <laughs> let that creep into your head. That's obviously not why we had you on the podcast. Are you, wait, Kevin, are you trying to feed him some kind of sympathy that you think he's going to take on you? Well, yeah, actually, if okay. you're, if you're going to call out my strategy live on the air, it's a big thanks well, to you, you're, Raph. Now you're definitely in my head. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I love- we had already set up a date to train tomorrow. We're both going to be at the gym, so uh, if you could maybe hush up on the strategy that I would just be love helpful. the idea that like he's going to give you a knowing look when he has the arm set up and he's just going to be like <laughs> damn it Uh-oh. do I break this kid's arm Yeah. or do I remember I was on his podcast eh, break his arm <laughs> why or, not do both or, I feel like I might take a cue from uh, one of uh, Kevin's recent videos on verbal tap and uh, go into some elaborate detail of uh, some injury and uh, use that as an excuse to avoid Kevin. Uh, Good stuff. (laughs) Okay. Rob, you watched Kazushi Sakuraba versus Henzo Gracie last night, but tell us what were your feelings going in? You were telling us off air a cool story about the first time you sort of recognized Kazushi Sakuraba and, and what he meant, but Give us a little backstory. You've obviously been doing jiu-jitsu longer than us. Been an MMA fan for longer than before it exploded. Um, what were your expectations coming into the fight? Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the whole history of uh, Sakuraba and his, his nickname as being the Gracie Hunter and this, uh, you know, sort of cliche thing, but uh reality of it is, is he, he, he fought, I think, um, Kenzo, he fought um, a couple of the Gracies and, and, and managed to beat them all. And uh, the Gracies really just didn't have an answer uh, for Sakuraba's game. And, and I don't know if that was a, the symptom of uh, his uh, more pronounced like wrestling background uh, or just his, his pure brutality, but uh, they just really didn't have an answer for Sakuraba. Uh, so... And actually, uh, I think the last time he fought Enzo was, was 14, 14 years ago, as the uh, commentators and memorials last night were still kind of remind us uh, 13 times. Uh, but uh, my, my expectations going into it was, uh, was sort of um, not, as, not as great as I think uh, – Metamorph would have probably wanted us to think it was, uh, in, in the sense that the last time I saw Sakuraba compete, it was in Dream 16, and he was literally choked to sleep by Jason Mayhem Miller. Um, Let me know, ask you this say, real yeah. quick. And that's, yeah, what, you said Dream 16? <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, okay. Just dating Rob's interest in the sport a little bit Wait, back no, a few years. No. Shut up. What? Shut up. Don't give him <laughs> shit for knowing things specifically. Anytime Kevin needs to reference something that's happened in the past, he just goes, last week uh, yeah. that happened, and it's like five years ago. And you're like, no, Kevin, you have no idea of space and time. This gentleman is giving us context. 
<laughs> but my question specifically is because they fought MMA before this, meaning you could knock the shit out of each other with fists and uh, legs. Does yeah. that take the bite off of just it being a grappling match a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I think it uh, it, it, uh, it definitely takes some of the uh, the appeal uh, of it uh, out of it for uh, Sakuraba for sure. You know, he mm-hmm. he isn't known for his hardcore uh, sport jujitsu background necessarily. <laughs> so uh, he'd kill it uh, in points though with his top game. Oh yeah, just saying. Oh yeah, he's uh, make it real. I'd be JJ front. <laughs> He can stay in uh, so he can stay in full close, close guard like the best of them. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think it definitely does because um, you know there's definitely plenty of opportunities to uh, you know fix Hinzo's teeth for him uh, during that match last night that uh, <laughs> he he couldn't have done because of the rules or whatever. So for sure, I feel as if. You're alluding that that match might have been a little slow for some reason. Is is that am I am I reaching here? I don't I don't know if I'm going overstating my my opinion. You know you you've you've always been a very observant person, Kevin. That's what why why I like you and uh, I enjoy training with you. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely a little slow. And uh, you know these guys yeah. are. are, are they're older fellas, you know, and I think yeah. uh, I think over fifty yeah, or close to fifty for both of them. So I don't know what what I expected from you know uh, a guy that's lived half a century, but uh, yeah, definitely a little slow. But is it hard uh, to really get caught up like in the hype of it all when you go, yeah, it's a rematch from fourteen years ago? That nobody takes the extra step to remember they're forty seven and forty five. Let's get it on. <laughs> no, so yeah, that, that's a that's a good point, and and I think like the 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 hype and and, and all the hype was was sort of you know uh, uh, symptomatic of uh, maybe the uh, and this might be controversial, but uh, symptomatic of like the fight promoters and. And their their direct relationship to the to the the, the victims of the Gracie Hunter, and then potentially seeing opportunity uh, for Gracie to uh, maybe redeem himself against a uh, a waning um, Japanese fighter who's definitely seen the seen the uh, uh, the blunt How end of many you. many many Goodness. sticks. Uh, Rob. Are you trying to tell me right here, right now, best years are these guys, these Gracies, would stage entire events for the purpose of family history restoration? Is that is that what you are implying here? Because I believe that is a a far thing to really. Let me hit the breaking news. I know sound effect. You know, I've never been been much for passive aggressiveness, but um, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. uh, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, I mean, that happens a lot too. But it just uh, it seemed like a, a cool thing too. You know, these guys fought 14 years ago. There was the the whole arm breaking thing, and you know, it sort of harkens back to how the the Kimura got his name, and mm-hmm. the guy named Kimura breaking Helio's arm, and you know, you know, it's just history. It's just, can uh, can Hendo redeem himself? Uh, turn the tides and maybe do it to him or does 
Sakura would do it to him again. You know, it definitely has his appeal, but um, you know, the uh, the alignment of the whole the whole card was uh, was was interesting to to that point as far as uh, interesting matchups. If you look at it as a whole, are we in agreement that the two most exciting moments in the fight? Um, outside of when it ended, where there was a pretty sweet cradle prevention pass that Kazushi Sakuraba was using. Um, it yeah. was just kind of crafty. I mean, defense, yeah. but, you know, there, yeah. there weren't a lot of sweeps going on. So there's... No, no, actually, um, I, I watched the fight a couple of times uh, just just because I wanted to... Uh, Wanted to make sure what I what I was seeing actually happened, and um, and I, I think what happened was uh, Sakuraba actually um, had a mental lapse, or got so bored to, of sitting in uh, Enzo's full guard that he forgot that uh, it was a jujitsu match, and um, he, he went into wrestling mode and tried to pin him with a cradle. Um, which uh, actually, as you saw, didn't, uh, didn't actually work out so good for Sakuraba mm-hmm. because he would have been awesome, there. though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All of a sudden, they bring in a WWE referee. Yeah, he just hits the tap three times, calls it. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, just... so yeah, I thought that that was definitely strange. And what was uh, even you know funny, funny even to that point was uh, Kenny Florian's. Uh, comment that oh i think he might have a submission here or something and and uh you, you know and then glover goes oh that's a that's a cradle and it's nothing so that, that was all, <laughs> all really funny <laughs> uh, and I, I got a, a lot of enjoyment out of actually just the commentary between uh Kit dale and uh jeff glover because they either have like uh this uh, a love for each other that's uh, beyond catty humor or they they generally do not like each other, and that that would be a fight I'd like to see. I think the the prevailing thought of that whole interaction between the two of them was both of them not knowing how to say to the other, "But I'm the funny one." <laughs> hey, that's a good. That's actually a great point. Good way of looking at it too, because there there was some. The, you know, as as far as rhetoric goes and uh, comedy banter. Uh, you guys, you guys hit a pretty good stride with a lot of your podcasts, but you know, I I I make special notes of a, a few, you know, um, slapstick uh, uh, commentary between these two guys just in the Hinzo fight alone. That uh, <laughs> that was crazy. You know, it, it, I'm uh, not gonna lie, Rob. Just to plug us and put us over, we did get somebody comment on our fan page saying they would have liked to have seen us not only commentate. Metamorphs, but then Kevin and I be the secret match, and I told them I was like, "Look, guys, <laughs> I will tell this to you right now. Kevin and I would be amazing commentators. Us is the secret match." Oh, make- I'm even more excited. We could finally break out. We can start that jujitsu dance battle we've been talking about Absolutely. for years. I just feel like there would just be a picture of Carlos Gracie crying somewhere that they would <laughs> go ahead and it- cut to. If there was, I'd get that picture tattooed on my bicep. Absolutely, it would be it would be the verbal tap podcast uh, tattoo. Just uh, I, I would I would actually hold your hand while you got got that tattoo. Uh, That's a teammate. That's a teammate. You, you, know, you know, sadly, uh, Ross, uh, you and Kevin being a secret match uh, 
isn't as far fetched, uh, really, because uh, I mean, if we we look at the just the last two, you know, with the exception of Jeff Glover, and then obviously uh, the one from last night. Um, I don't know if we've talked about that yet in the podcast, so no spoilers or whatever. But um, the guy they ended up fighting is a it's no one I've ever heard of. <laughs> this guy last <laughs> night, I. I, I follow jujitsu, and I'm, I'm a YouTube fan. And Rob, you don't I know who Jake video. Ellen? You don't know who Jake Shields is? So yes, <laughs> he is that guy. Does he train train with the, the yeah those guys out in uh, Stockton that have like really bad attitudes or something? Whatever, just three up, homie. We know we hear you, Rob. That's fine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, recently, but you know we had a fucking black belt. So we were, we were, we were fucking, we were fucking, fucking kids. And shit. We were running in nine gangs. We had black belt then. Ladies and yeah, gentlemen, Nick Diaz. One fuck there. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> <right>. <laughs> You know what? We try and keep it a little clean whenever we can. It's like Sorry. whenever I slip into Dana. Uh, whenever I slip into Dana voice. I count the amount of fucks I say post-show, and I'm like, man, that's a... <laughs> Raph, don't ruin country. it. I was going to say Nick Diaz has unfettered access to make one comment a show. That's, yeah. That's in his contract. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so he just calls in, listens, makes a comment, and, that's, Rob, and then he leaves. I do have to ask you this, though. Um, they were talking about a Kimura from north-south for That's a while. the second yeah, most exciting started. moment. That and was the second. I knew Kevin was going here. Um I just want to feel if we're all on the same page here. How much wishful thinking do you think was happening, not at the commentary booth, but behind the scenes with every Gracie in attendance? Oh, God. Uh, you know, there's there's no doubt that every, every person, all, all those people you just mentioned, including the audience members, uh, uh, were, were just, you know, just praying to whoever they prayed to that, he uh, he gets that more and uh, and breaks soccer out of his arm and I think that would that would be like the you know the equivalent of uh, dropping the microphone and walking off the stage if you're <laughs> you know that battle of sorts you know um, but yeah totally totally and um, yeah he he went after it twice in the fight and um, I know he got sort of a bad feeling about it and, and, and sort of bailed on it. But uh yeah. which which was weird because from from what I could see, um uh he, he had a he had a legitimate shot uh at, at at least locking up the Kimura control on the arm. Uh, but you know, Sakuraba's defense is solid so you know he seemed to be a little bit a little more conservative where the where the submissions are concerned. And uh opted towards controlling the position rather than submitting. Um, but definitely, I think uh, if, if his arm would have broken or he could have uh, enacted some sort of revenge on on uh, Sakuraba, that would have just, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Helio, Gracie's uh, rest of soul would have probably strong wood or got some sort of, uh, you know, pride <laughs> boner of some yeah. kind in his sarcophagus. Uh, that would have been amazing, though, just as a <laughs> as a pure spectator. Well, yeah. Rob, we appreciate you swinging by tonight. You let me ask you this: final thoughts on the match? Yeah. Um, you think we'll see either Henzo or Sakuraba back on the grappling mat or MMA? <laughs> as Henzo alluded <laughs> to, do you think that's a realistic possibility, or that there is potentially, you know? 
an injury future ahead. <laughs> you know, quite quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, uh, either of them compete again, just because they're the well, at least Henzo from he, he seems to be a kind of guy that likes attention, so uh, he he might he might do that. Uh, but I, I think real, realistically, it's probably about time for these guys from a professional level to just uh, stick to teaching and, you know, sort of sort of hang it up. Uh, Henzo's knee it. is already apparently out of socket. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was great the uh, post fight interview and yeah. <laughs> the, I, I I hurt my knee the night before and uh They had to drag it out of him, Rob. Those were tough questions. Huh? They were like, tell us, tell us. And then yeah. he finally reluctantly broke after 20 minutes of waterboarding. No, it was like the first thing out of his mouth. Sorry. That's oh, was... the, you know what I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I, I don't know, I, you guys saw the process, but he mentioned something, uh, you know, name drops the sheet of uh, the ABCC. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I got to watch it again, but he, he more or less, Admitted that uh, the sheet from ABCC gave him a narcotic pain medicine that he had to take the day yeah. before to, yeah. to, in order to roll. Yeah. So, like, Hendo admitted to being on drugs. <laughs> we and, heard that, oh. too. You know, I mean, Rob, you hear the same things I hear, which is it is truly a shame there is no press here to ask these follow up questions. Yeah. AKA, yeah. Jake Shields, I'm sorry. This match was set last week. The secret match was made a week ago. Yeah. Okay. And then when Henzo's saying, like, oh, yeah, I just put something in my body, no big deal. Not Braulio kind of level of stuff, guys, but, like, I don't know, something's in there. Um, yeah, you, you can't pronounce what Braulio was taking, uh, but uh, bike it into the pretty simple, I think, or whatever. Yeah, well, it's just crazy. It's a, it's a very strange world. I do want to ask you this, though, uh, before we, we start to, to close on out. Uh, Rob, what credence do you give that knee excuse or explanation? And more importantly, as someone who's been around the sport for a little while, uh, what are really the odds of you suggesting to somebody competing to be training the day before? These are, I must say, these are these are excellent questions. Uh, uh, absolutely, you get you, you're definitely not training the night before, the day before. I mean, uh, you just run the risk of, you know, doing doing exactly what what he what he claims he did. Uh, as far as as far as the knee injury, I, 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 whether you know that might be true, it might not be true, but. Uh, the one, the one factor that doesn't change whether the knee was hurt or not is he, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't really put any sort of uh, offense on on Sakuraba. Couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't really do anything to, you know, hurt him or couldn't finish the fight. Really, never had him in any sort of danger. Really, maybe maybe a couple of times when he when he triangled the head and was going for the arm, but. Sure. Uh, I maybe I I view it more as maybe an excuse as a as a reason he didn't uh, finish the fight and uh, his uh, his way of justifying to himself maybe that uh, why he didn't do as well as maybe he thought he could have. But you know, if it's a legit 
knee injury and your knee's hurting really bad, the last thing I'm doing as a jiu-jitsu guy is, like, locking my legs behind someone's torso <laughs> so they put a lot of freaking pressure on my knee that's apparently hurting so bad. So, I, I don't know. I just don't buy it, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, here's hoping he lets us all in on the secret of where he got that good stuff from so we can Absolutely. start bottling it and suckling it after training ourselves. Rob, we yeah. appreciate you stopping by this evening. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can hey, find Rob hey, at Ecree. I, I just want to say, it. Rob, you know, uh, with Kevin's uh, been so great with my side on all the people I train with. And it, it always feels like you guys are an extension of our, our camp over here in LA. So thank you so much for all of your support. It, it, it truly is appreciated all the way out here from the West coast. No, a- absolutely guys. And, um, you know, uh, Kevin, Kevin and I've been, been friends and training partners for a long time. And, and, uh, he, he just happens to be, uh, one of the funniest guys I know. So, Imagine my surprise when 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 I heard he's doing this podcast and uh, I find out there's actually somebody funnier than him. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, very uh, helpful. Man. So uh, no, no, it's an absolute pleasure, guys. You guys are doing awesome stuff, and and uh, you, I wish uh, I wish I was able to stick uh, um, to something like this on my own. But you guys keep keep doing the good stuff. I'm going to keep Dude, listening, and we you guys yeah, are rocking. That's that's too completely nice and I guess before we get out of here one last question if say you were to roll with Kevin in a couple weeks what would you say are weaknesses <laughs> what would you say oh oh as, as, if you were going to come out to, if you were say going to come visit my gym yeah in the first part of December um, what, what would you what would I recommend trying to uh, you know work on to uh, avoid any sort of traps or anything Oh, I was asking I, I was, his weaknesses, but I'll take either. That's oh, fine. Okay, yeah, his uh, his weaknesses uh, abundant. There are many of them. You know, uh, I, I really uh, I, I really can't think of any. Um, uh, maybe Nogi because he he likes to play the uh, the worm worm guard and the cell guard. So um, I, I think I'd I'd probably try to roll Nogi with him. Yeah, he says the <laughs> you know, wrestler just so he doesn't have that with all to grab onto. But uh. It, it, you know, I, I've got I, I've got nothing uh, as far as that. Like Kevin knows all my tricks, and you know, he's got one up on me in the sense that he's he's trained in more places than I am. So um, I'm sure it's just a matter of getting on the mats with him, and he's going to be teaching me something and surprising me with something. Well, so, Rob, all um, of your compliments to Kevin were a giant waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry I asked the question. No, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, we're so stoked that you're on, and uh, we wish you the best. Thank you so much for helping bring some perspective to this match, my man. Hey, man, it was my pleasure, guys. Anytime, and uh, keep doing keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it, was, uh, it was an honor to come on your guys' show, and uh, I look forward to listening to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Aquin. Raph, what a podcast we've had thus far. No, we're not. We've had Kit Dale. We still have to do shout-outs. We we had Kit Dale, Ruben Avila. Oh, okay. I thought for a second 
we were going to have another guest. And I was like, wait, Jim is Lawson's? there another match? I don't remember. Metamorphs was a really long uh, match. JT Torres, whom fought on the card. Always great. Yes. We had Travis from Nuwaza Apparel. Which is always Check great. Nuwaza Apparel. We had Rob Acre, black belt that can physically beat me up mm-hmm. at any point he feels so desired. Yeah. Big night for us, but we're also still, and we've covered everything Metamorphs, I feel like, adequately. Do you think we missed anything, or are you good? Have I specifically cleared out that it said in the Rafael Lovato section, 100% born and railed in the USA? I laughed for 27 minutes. It was like, first of all, Rafael Lovato Jr. could get laid wherever he wants culturally i'm just saying let's not pigeonhole him to the usa uh mm-hmm. simultaneously i think it's a really bold assessment <laughs> to say that they know something we don't uh born and railed in the usa <laughs> springsteen I wanna, has I got to cover way. that rap I, I've let this he has go got to change the lyrics and that should be it kevin <laughs> Is not wrong to think this is funny. I think it's hysterical. However, when Kevin sends me this photo and is laughing profusely on the other side of the world to me, I remember yeah. it's Kevin who is the world's worst speller. Kevin mm-hmm. makes so many typos and spelling errors that yet it, this is still the funniest thing in the world to him. And I'm thinking in my it head. It didn't say born and Kevin's raided. Made worse spelling USA. errors. Than like this. it didn't say born and rallied. It said born and railed in the USA. That's a very different statement. It should speak it didn't volumes read that Lovato yeah, did not retweet. favorited. Lovato's like retweet. funny, but a stay away. And he's not wrong. That speaks very well. He's probably like, Kev, Kev yeah, you were right. You. Don't ever don't tag me again or I'll kill you. Just as a heads up. Okay. But you and I, there was also <laughs> UFC fight night. Saturday, November 22nd. Frankie Edver versus Cub Swanson. It was a six and a half hour bout. Roughly the same time. <laughs> it took, it was two matches at Copa Podio. So that's awesome, right? Like only two matches to every. We're going to do it in one minute. Are you ready? Absolutely. Starting right yeah, let's do it. Now, Frankie Edgar beats Cub Swanson in the last four seconds via RNC after beating the ever-living shit out of him for four rounds, four minutes, and 56 seconds. Were you surprised? Yes. Uh, if only that Frankie Edgar reminds uh, us you go it all the way to the belt, crank. even right. if it means it was winning by a neck crank. Cub was, really uh, was pretty beat up. Crank. Edgar Barbosa wins via decision over Bobby Green. Not, not yet. <laughs> Man, perfect. Man. Here's what I'll say about this fight. Bobby Green, they're like, yeah, he's definitely trading with the Diaz brothers. And I go, really? You don't say? The complaining that, that explains the his attitude is running yeah. away and running their mouth when they're losing uh, the fight. Canvas beats Pickett. Oil and, oil and Neck beats Rosholt. Benavitez over Ortiz. Can't believe Benavitez wasn't <laughs> higher up on the card, but fuck it. What do I know? Wyman versus Valley Flag. Yeah. <laughs> Magramo beats uh, Cobra to land. Uh, Luke Barnett loses to Narviaz, uh, which I think is a made-up children's book. Vic, lo- Vic beats Hype. Edwards loses to Areola. 
Just says so we're all sure what his name is. His name is Akbar Ariola. Most of the time it's spent for you yeah. reviewing Paige Van Sant beat Kalen Curran. We passed a minute. <laughs> time out. Ladies and gentlemen. One this more is fight. One more fight. You. Born and Doe Ho Choi beats Juan Puig. Do Ho Choi. I don't think I got that right. Uh, one minute we did that. So, thank yous and good nights, otherwise known as shutouts. Obviously, the aforementioned crew that helped us review Metamoris. Big yes. shout outs to each and every one of them. We really appreciate it. BJJ Finder over there, housed by Andrew Correa, world's premier jiu-jitsu site locator. Plug in your zip code, find jiu-jitsu gyms near you, rated and reviewed by jiu-jitsu practitioners, really helpful. DJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly. <laughs> VA, love to be back training. It's been a blast. And, of course, Raph, I'm excited about coming out to L.A. next week. I'm excited to have you out here. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that transitions nicely into saying my shout-outs, yeah? All right, let's let's thank Valley Martial Arts Center. I want to give a big shout out to an Sonny, impossible who's been face taking to, over to uh, for John in our day classes and is just killing it. We had <laughs> good looks. What's that? Yeah, I mean it's That's it's it. very difficult. Obviously, not talent or te- you know good looks and whatever. Hassan's doing it though. Hassan had a great nogi class today, and you know our school doesn't necessarily have a nogi specific class, but uh, he's just killing it. Really, really fun. I want to shout out my little cousin Marty who came down to train with us today. He is a killer with his wrestling. Just straight up killer. So rolling with him is is always a blast, and I'm glad he made it back down. Uh, big thanks to everybody who came out to Travis Connolly's seminar uh, again. T-Money. Just putting a great seminar together. I actually got the chance to roll with him, and wow, that's that's a lot of pressure, Kev. Yeah, I rolled with him when I trained at KCBJJ, and that was last December when mm-hmm. I was out there for the holidays. And it was just, yeah, it's not fair. Like, he's got a very... Very specific style of like all of a sudden you go from zero to where are you taking me? Where are we going? There's not a lot well, of great decisions that can be made against him. No, no, no. It's 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 a fun time though. Uh, so he came. He stayed out here. It was really really uh, a delight to host. Uh, it's always good to see people at, at these jujitsu things and and to meet new people. So everybody was so great. I got to see old friends, made some new friends, rolled with people. It was great. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who came out to that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to save this story for next week. I'm going to save uh, – I actually went to go train at uh, Jean Jacques, and that was a super blast. So I will tell you guys about that one when Kevin will be out here in Los Angeles. And, Kevin, what are we celebrating? Our 100th episode. <laughs> you guys. Numero 100. You said we couldn't do 100. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone said we couldn't do 100. This they is were so great. shocked we did 20. <laughs> they were borderline catatonic when we did 50. It's uh, 75 was just it, yeah, a blur. Absolutely. You know, it was like being 21, hard to remember. Uh and now we're almost to 100. Yep. So we're putting together some fun things for you guys. I think you're going to enjoy the show that we have for you. It's honestly, it's been a blast and 
uh, Kevin and I are, are actually, we're going to get to train a little bit. We're going to get to talk with some people. So we're going to try and bring you guys as much uh, coverage and, and stuff of that as it's going on. But uh, I, for one, am uh, stoked to see uh, my buddy out here. And I am at a 40% excitement ratio to see Rafs. Excellent. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap MMA Podcast. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good fight, you guys. Raph, do you have anybody else? We could just talk about it more. So maybe we should do like another hard 30. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't realize booking great guests was uh, a problem. Any referees you want to throw into the mix? You want to referees?